This podcast is brought to you by JList.com. Well, everybody pretty much loves Pocky, and JList and JBox.com are fantastic sources for Pocky. They have tons of exotic flavors. And of course, they do have your original flavor as well, but check this out. Glico, Pocky Milk Flavor, Almond Crush, Tsubu Tsubu Strawberry, Hakuto and Ichigo Flavor, and I don't even know what a Hakuto is, but I want it. Kudomitsu Kinako Flavor, they even have whiskey-flavored Pocky, and I'm going to tell you, if you're a fan of whiskey, I know you want to try some whiskey-flavored Pocky. And don't forget the other snacks like Topo. They have baked chocolate flavor, bitter chocolate, strawberry milk, sweet potato, and cream. And a Topo is kind of like a, an inside-out Pocky, if, you don't, if you've never uh, seen those. Fantastic for coffee. Head over to JList or JBox.com right now and browse their unbelievable selection of Japanese snacks. I'm sure you'll find something you'll love, and you'll be supporting the podcast as well. And now it's time to start the show. And then I must be just really boring, but I just don't like any of these sort of off-the-wall character designs when, where, like, a character has, like, arrows in their eyes and or X's in their eyes. Like, I'm just like, this is dumb to look at. It's the same way with me. I'm just, I'm just the least, I'm the least fun person ever. I don't want you to have two different colored eyes. I don't want you to have two different shades of color in your hair. I don't want you to have arrows in your eyes that change that go that go up and then down for no reason i don't want you to have I, do. I don't want you to have x's and o's in your eyes i don't want you to have shark teeth i must just be boring but i don't want any of that shit you are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Welcome in, everybody, to the 514th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, where our sole mission is to make your anime addiction worse. I am broadcasting live from Colorado. I am Mitsugi, and I'm glad to have everybody here. For those of you that are listening at home, thank you so much for listening. For those of you that are watching live with your actual eyeballs, thank you for watching live as well. I am joined by the unbelievably fantastic Mason from Connecticut. What's hey, up, how's it going? The weather is very nice outside there today, and uh, Hakuto is white peach flavored, for those of oh, you who uh, wanted to know. So there you go. That sounds delicious. And of course, we have Mandy as well. Mandy, how are you from Hi. representing the middle of the country over there in Ohio? How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's really nice out today, but I can't be out there. I'm here, making sure you guys are not bored. There you go. <laughs> she said it. And I'm going to crack open this new flavored monster. Oh, <sighs> ultimate rosé, they call it. They don't even know what flavor this is. Wait, wait, wait. Yep, I just took a taste. I still don't know what flavor it is. It is 67 degrees in Colorado, and I came off a mountain last night where it was about 10 at the top, and I have a very odd-looking sunburn straight across the middle of my face. So if you're watching live on camera and you see like the middle of my face is from about my lips to the top of my nose, they're all bright red and I'm just burned. 
Guys, we have a lot of extra content for you to offer. We have our hentai episodes, which we did uh, last week, where we selected our, our shows from the March hentai slate. We also just recorded a Hobby Addicts where we talked about the Final Fantasy VII demo for an hour. So if you would like to get all of the info on the Final Fantasy VII demo, definitely check out Hobby Addicts. And we're going to be recording an after party as well after the show today. And you can get all of that over at aaapodcast.com slash join. You will get all that content every week. You'll make sure that we are um, still able to run the show the way we want. And of course, we will love you eternally. We're also on Twitch. You can join us over on Twitch, of course, at twitch.tv slash aaapodcast. We're on Facebook. We're on Discord. You can get to Discord from our website. So check that out as well. And the Discord is always full of activity. Guys, what are we doing on the Discord right now? We're doing oh so much. Um, you know, we like I say, it's more than just anime discussion. We've got games. We've got um, cats meowing in the background, and it's know, it's adorable. Sorry. And it's free, guys. Discord is free, and it's amazing, and it's the best. And it's the best place to give us feedback to help our show become even better. Uh, the Health Club Block Two has just started, and everyone is off to a great start. So if you want to become a real fit boy and girl, stop on by and uh, get inspired to do so. We also have Anime Club. Guys, come the 11th this Wednesday because we are going to be doing Mononoke. That is the Samurai Horror Stories Mononoke spinoff. And it's so good. It's one of my favorites. So I'm very excited. And that will be this Wednesday at 10 p.m. EST. All you got to do is go to Discord and join the voice chat after you have watched the anime, and we're just going to talk about it. And there's also currently a poll up on our Discord for the next show, and it is between the 70s, Lupin the Third, The Eccentric Family, or Kokoro Connect. So we'll also vote to see which one the club will do next. And then there's also my manga club. So the last time we, or not last time we did Princess Jellyfish, the time before that we did the Shodan Showdown. So this time we decided to do Shoujo Showdown. So we are going to be reading volumes one of Aoharu Ride, Skip Beat, and Kimi ni Todoke. There'll be volume one of all of those. And then we'll chat about all of them on March 18th. So, come, join us. You don't have to speak if you don't want to. You can just read it and come and listen to us if you would like. So. Or at least save for the after party, which usually entails four to six hours of just mindless shenanigans and wow. a good time. So, you know, always, always yeah, stop by. I usually go to bed when that happens. <laughs> um, not Discord related, but just another reminder, Mandy and I will be attending Anime Boston this year from April 10th to Sunday the 12th, uh, provided it's not canceled because of everything that's say, going on. Um, maybe. <laughs> I'm just excited. The new uh, Made of Abyss, Dawn of the Deep Soul movie that got announced is actually going to be premiering there on Saturday the 11th. So, you know, if uh, hopefully we get a chance to scope it out a little bit early. So I'm excited to... I'm trying to stop my cat's tail from hitting the mic. I'm oh, sorry. there's a cat <laughs> on the camera. Cat alert. She's trying to smack the mic with her tail, and I know it's making sounds, so. <laughs> it's the dangerous booty. Gotta beware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really hope Anime Boston doesn't get canceled um, due to the virus, but if you guys you guys do go, I highly suggest you find a place with quality lobster rolls. Definitely should do that. Oh, they're so good. Mm, so buttery. I heard go-go go curries there, so it, I'm excited. It is indeed. Wow. We will be making a pit stop there at least.
Well, few yes, please. few things are better than than Japanese curry, so I will I will agree to that. Guys, stay on the show. We're going to be doing a topic that was suggested by Icy Rose, and I have dubbed the title Seven Deadly Anime Plots," which is basically just the seven plots of story writing and the anime that fit most perfectly into those different topic categories. And of course, we're going to be reviewing Fire Force, which has been a long time coming. Listener Choice anime from the summer of 2019. See, we do review the anime that you pick for Listener Choice. It does happen. But without further ado, let's get this thing rolling. It's time for big news of the week. That cat, that, that cat is now officially part of the show. Yeah. She is. There you She's go. just... Are you going to be here all day? Okay. She, when you she want no to talk, she doesn't. She no Tenchi in the chat is saying we need a permanent cat slash ferret cam in, in the four spot when Enzo's not here. Uh, see, you can't have a ferret cam unless it's like on something really fast because they never stop moving. <laughs> They're just running all over the place. All right, guys. Well, the big news of the week, it's pretty big, I guess. The Bleach creator, uh, Kubo Tite, has a new work coming out. It's going to be unveiled on March 21st. This matters, I think, because one, Bleach is a big title, and Kubo did was the creator of Bleach. So, in case you didn't know, and up oh, there's up oh, there we go, there we go, and of course, oh, meow. yeah, yeah, and he hasn't done a lot other than Bleach. It's been a while. So, so the Weekly Shonen Jump magazine, they were going to have a big event about this at Anime Japan 2020, but of course, due to coronavirus. They canceled Anime Japan, which man, what a what a bummer! That's a big event. Mm-hmm. That's such a big event. Um, so much work goes into an event like that, and then to have it canceled, oh, it's got to be brutal. But they canceled it, and so now they're going to be doing the announcement via live stream on March twenty first, early in the morning, like nine forty five a.m. And it's going to be live streamed on Shonen Jump's YouTube channel. If you want to be around to check that out, um. Bleach is pretty much the only thing that Tite Kubo has really done. I looked into it. I looked into it. He and Bleach came out in 2004 in the anime version. He's done a couple of smaller manga, like there's one called Zombie Powder. That's four four volumes. Came out in 1999, and one that most recently he did a manga called Burn the Witch, which came out in 2018, and it's only one chapter. So it, he's not that prolific, but Bleach is a very big title. So what do you guys think we can expect from this new property? I'm not sure. I never finished Bleach. So. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. I, <laughs> go ahead. When we did it for Shonen Showdown, it was my first experience with Bleach at all. So I don't know. So we've <laughs> read one volume out of 74. So I think we're both pretty. <laughs> I'm an expert by now. Exactly. <laughs> I, I assume yes, it's going to be. Sh- I assume it'll be Shonen. I mean, I don't know for sure, but oh, yeah. it seems like people are uh, manga creators. A lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, they'll stick to their genre. I think that people, writers, ought to stick to what they're best at, you know? I don't know. If I just spent 15 years doing a Shonen series, I probably would be a little sick of Shonen at this point and might want to mix it up. But I mean, but I mean, the the anime of Bleach came out in 2004. So it's been it's been a while. Like he's. But Bleach was from 2001 to 2016, 2017. The it manga? ran for a while. Yeah, the manga went for still, a while. 
But does he still work for Shonen Jump, though? Because then... Yeah, maybe he's contractually obligated. Well, they said yeah. it's. Well, they said they're going to announce this on the Shonen Jump live stream. On oh the yeah, YouTube, <laughs> it's got to be Shonen for Jump. So I would assume it's Shonen Jump. So don't forget you're here for life. I guess that's <laughs> the motto. What I've learned from Bakuman, that's true. <laughs> I mean, th- this guy's made a ton. I, mean, I assume. I assume. I, I don't know what the. I don't know what the lifetime sales are for Bleach. I'll look it up. Um, but I assume Bleach has sold a lot of copies. Anybody want? Anybody want to take a guess at that? For for you know, let's make a game out of it. For, Le- for less than one piece, does that count? <laughs> I guess that's a pretty safe assumption. So for so for a benchmark, Hunter Hunter sold seventy eight million copies. Yu Yu Hakusho sold fifty million. How many do you think Bleach has sold? Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I'm gonna uh, guess. I'm gonna guess thirty two million. How, how many? What do you guys think? I would say more than. 100. I was gonna guess I more. Know. I was gonna guess one hundred and twenty seven million. Yeah, I'd say so because it's still considered one of the big shonen so i don't know so i don't know apparently i know nothing because it has sold 120 million it is the four five six seven eight nine tenth highest selling manga ever <laughs> which is yeah. just below just just shy of slam dunk and man that's wow okay i mean I, I would think that if i if he's man wow the guy's well he's very wealthy but i would think that if i was that big of a type if i was that big of a, of a success doing shonen a lot like togashi is he's probably making another shonen um, I, I guess, I don't know if the announcement said if it was going to be an anime or a manga or both, but I, I mean, I guess, it's, I assume it's a manga for starters. So. Yeah, they, they will make an anime of it until it does so well. Mm-hmm. Let me double yeah. check this link. Let me reread the thing that I should have read before. Um, I guess I'm fairly excited about it. You know, I, I didn't watch Bleach, but... I do like Shonen, and I assume it won't be another Bleach anime. So, I guess I'm excited. You know, I mean, I really loved Doctor Stone. You know, we just watched Fire Force. Yeah, I'm watching My Hero Academia right now. You know, I think Shonen is kind of in my blood in a way, and so I guess I'm kind of excited to see what what else this guy's got under his sleeve. So, I think it's big news. This is kind of like it'd be like it'd be almost like if One Piece ended, and then the guy was making another anime, the One Piece guy. So, yeah, Oda. Oda's forever going to be sailing the seas. It's fine with me, though. That guy is, wow, he's really, really rich. (laughs) Anything else about this, guys? Nope, I got nothing. Uh, Yeah, no, I don't, I'm curious if, because I had never finished Bleach, so I don't know if it's going to be like a continuation with like the same characters or if it's going to be something completely new in that universe. I don't know. It'd be interesting, though. The, uh, I've seen a lot of buzz around it. People seem really excited. People in our live stream have seem to have mixed feelings about it. You know, there are people saying that they liked early Bleach, that it got a little yeah. fillery at the end. You know, yeah. So we'll a see. lot of people in our Shonen Showdown also said the same thing. And by the way, for those of you that are watching live again, thank you. And if you haven't followed us yet on Twitch, please please follow. All right. Well, shall we move on to the next section of the show? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> It's time to live big in Japan. Trying this out for the second time, this segment. We've all, I think we've all been in Japan now. We've all ridden trains ad nauseum in Japan since it's the preferred mode of transit. And so I thought, you know, people that are going to go to Japan are going to end up riding trains. It's inevitable. You can't avoid it. 
and there's a lot of train etiquette to be had. And so for those of you that are planning on a, planning a trip to Japan, pay attention because I have formulated sort of a top five list of um, most important train etiquette that we can all run through and share our own experiences here. The first one, the most important one, I think, is be quiet. <laughs> so we've all ridden, yeah. we've all ridden trains. Did any of you, did any of you guys experience that moment where you get onto a train with like 400 people and it's just dead silent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for our group. <laughs> exactly. Right. Except for some people in our group who are very loud, <laughs> not naming names. But. Yeah. Yeah. So like in Japan, everyone's very like. I want. I want. I don't want to say docile. Like that's not the right word. But they're very about maintaining harmony, and so like they're not really going to be, unless something really bad is happening. They're not going to be the type of people that tell you to shut the hell up, you know. Mm-hmm. And so like people, yeah. people might not realize that they're being rude. But you don't want to be that noisy foreigner on a train. You you'll see Japanese people being noisy sometimes, but usually they're like rowdy teenagers. And you just kind of want to give a good impression of foreigners, I think, when you're in Japan. Japan is already kind of a country that is leery of foreigners because it's such a, a, it's such a, it's an island nation and it's expensive to go to. And so there's not a lot of foreigners in Japan. And so they're already kind of like, you know, mystified by foreigners. And you just don't want to, you don't want to give off a bad impression. So that, that's the first thing. The, the second thing is be mindful of the reserved areas on the trains. Japan has had a variety of problems on trains. A lot of them relating to women. So, like, there, there, there have been a, there have been problems, and still are problems with chikans in Japan. Which, chikan is a term that means train groper, and a lot of times, especially during rush hour, you will be packed into a train like a sardine, and I'm not kidding, like Jello mold tight. Yeah, we've experienced that. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no real personal space on a train when it gets really crowded, and people will just like. Like the train door will open and there's like a wall of people and you just think there's no way we can fit another person. And they almost just like dive into the train and just squeeze in. And it's just real, it's real easy to like for women to get groped on trains and stuff when that happens. Cause it's like, you know, you're, you're pressed up against people. And so there are trains, most, a lot of trains in Japan have a train car just for women. And they're normally pink. Like there's a pink like highlight on them. And, just don't use these as a guy. You don't want to be in that train. Like that's not, it won't end well for you. Like, I don't think I've never done this, but I can't imagine it would end well. So you don't want to be there. <laughs> like you'd probably get thrown off. Even if you don't speak or read Japanese, it's very apparent which cars these are. And you will know pretty instantly. I mean, it's not just like lines and stuff, but even like the seat covers and stuff are all tend to be pink as well. So it's it pretty says, apparent. It, it's it says women only in English. I'm pretty sure on the it train. It does. Oh, and, it does. And on the, and on the platform where that train car stops. Yeah, we rode one while we were there. Me and the rest of the ladies. What was that like? I mean, I, I assume it's not. It smells it, really nice. Does it really? <laughs> it smells really nice. Are in you there. serious? Nope. I mean, yes, yes, yes. I am serious. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> is that because men are just gross, or is that, or or are they like making it smell better? Uh, I think it had air fresheners in there. Wow. It's probably a little bit of column A, a lot of column B. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I will say, though, I feel like the packed like sardines train rides are few and far between. At least when I went there, like unless you were taking 
a hyper populated train at like a rush hour time. Like it's very yeah. like, don't expect that to be every experience. It happened maybe two or three times in my entire four weeks that I've been in Japan. So I think when we were there, it only happened once and we were already pretty close to the door and I'm shorter than almost everybody. So the classic I, duck and weave through the legs strategy. Yeah, I made it out really well. I was like by the door all by myself. And of course, all of the everyone there is like avoiding me. So it was great. <laughs> yeah, I had like my mask on because I got really sick. So I think everyone assumed that I had the plague or staying far away from me. <laughs> I, I think outside of the three biggest cities in Japan, and even then only in the big stations like Shinjuku Station or Tokyo Station, you're probably not going to run into this problem. Um, the, the next thing is, um, there's seating for elderly and handicapped on pretty much every train car they're, they're they tend to be on like the edges of the train and the, and it's also like really apparent. It's so obvious that this is not meant for people that aren't handicapped or, you know, elderly or pregnant. So just don't be that person. You know, this is, you know, this goes back into the column of like, you're a foreigner in Japan, you're a visitor, don't be a dick, <laughs> you know? And also... If if you get if, if if like an old man gets onto a train and that train is full and there's no seats and this happens a lot, get yep. up and give them your seat. Just do it. You know, like yep, they did that. A they'd lot rather too. be sitting. And you know what? Sitting's bad for you anyway. Just stand and hold and hold on to the handle, the, the the like the arm straps or whatever. And um, I, I love riding trains in Japan and I don't mind standing for long periods. It's I find it to be a lot of fun. Um, Although half the time when we try to give our seat to somebody who came on his order, they'd always turn it down. They're like, no. Well, they might, yeah. <laughs> um, line up peacefully outside the trains when you wait for them to arrive. A lot of times trains will be arriving like in 20 minutes. They always arrive like on the second. It's amazing. It's not like New York where like a train is supposed to arrive in, at 5 o'clock and it arrives at like 5.03. That doesn't happen in Japan. And if it does, they will apologize publicly. So line up peacefully because there could be a lot of people getting on the train and it's just chaos and you, you need to be able to unload and load that train fast. And so every station has markers on the platform for lining up. It indicates like this is where the train door is going to stop. Here's where you line up. Please line up and don't block the train doors so people can exit. You know, it's kind of like an elevator, you know, let, let the people off first and, um, you know, just Act like a civilized human, I guess, is the is the word. Don't stand right in front of the of the door so they can't get out. You know, line up so that you know people can have their orderly society. Yeah, and I just made an addendum to this where when you're exiting the train, just keep on walking. Don't be the foreigner who gets out the train and is like, mm. oh, I don't know if I need to go to left or right, and just stops right there and starts like looking for a sign. Just keep on moving with the flow. When it settles down, that's when you assess your surroundings you'll be you'll be fine just don't don't be a roadblock in any way be adding, adding, um, yeah mandy good oh i was gonna change i was gonna add something else to an earlier point like we talked like you mentioned don't talk on the train but that also includes phones like make sure your phone's on silent even that because like most of the time they'll give you dirty looks if your phone goes off <laughs> yeah everybody is on their phones everybody yeah. But they don't make they don't everyone or on their DS or whatever other switch, you know. Mm -hmm. But they don't make they're not making lots of noise. Yeah. Uh, or they're or they're wearing headphones. That's probably the way to do it. Um, to um to Mason's point, also like in addition to not block, not like stopping and looking around when you get off a train, just um move out of the way if people are trying to exit the train because like sometimes there's only 
you know, 15 seconds to get on and off the train and it's crowded and you're literally forcing your way through people to try to get the hell off this train or you're li- or you're screwed, you know, like, oh, the next stop's, you know, not for a while. You don't, you need to let people off. Um, point four was the, was going and giving up a seat to, to, an, to an elderly person. I kind of jumped ahead because Japan does have pretty much the oldest population in the, in the world, uh, aside from maybe a few small countries. And there's a lot of elderly people in Japan and, you know, they need those seats way more than like I would, you know? So, and, um, this last one is one that I struggle with. I admit it. It's tough for me. And I've broken this rule <laughs> a bunch of times. Do not eat, drink, smoke or apply makeup on trains. I know that sounds weird. Don't apply makeup. It's just rude. I have frequently it's a safety thing too. Something happens with the train. You don't want to stab yourself in the eye. In the eyeball. <laughs> oh, it's like someone starts screaming and there's blood everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have free I have frequently eaten and drank on trains. I've never I don't smoke, so I've never smoked. But it's still not polite to eat or drink on a train, even if it's like a small like onigiri or a small can of coffee. It's not really polite. I don't think I'm ever going to fully follow this rule because I'm, I'm just a hungry guy and I'm, I'm going to want to discreetly have a, a Coca-Cola on a train, you know? Well, aren't there some trains that, like, you can eat I mean, on? I was like, about to um, say an asterisk of, like, yeah. Shinkansen, especially yeah, have, Shinkansen. like, people serving trains. But that's when you're, like, they're seating for everyone. You have tickets. You have a place to put trash and a place to do all that. Mm. Like, obviously, yeah. on a train like that, it, you'll know when it's okay to eat. And... Uh, I guess another small hack is a lot of time on Shinkansen's, you can, at the base where the seats connect to the floor, there's a little like foot lever that you can press and turn the seat around. So if you're in a group of like four or five people, you can turn your seats around so you can face each other and have soft, gentle, quiet conversations if if you want. And I think that's awesome. You can play cards or whatever. Shinkansen mm-hmm. are, are, oh my God, it's like the greatest way to travel. It's so expensive though, but, but bullet trains. I was gonna say <laughs> it's so expensive, but bullet trains are so nice. I would say like if, if if there's a if there's like an attendant walking through with food, it's it's pretty obvious you can eat it. Um, I like to get like um like gyoza or steamed buns or whatever at at the station before getting on the train and then eating that. It's just a little better than the food they'll give you on the train. But you know, I mean, yeah, we got bentos when we went. Oh, so good. Yeah, train oh, bentos. God, oh God, I'm hungry right now. Um, <laughs> sorry. Also, yeah. another unrelated train tip, but uh, a lot of people will take the Shinkansen between Osaka and Tokyo on their trip, and you go by Mount Fuji. And a lot of people will be like, "Oh, I need to get a train seat on the Mount Fuji side so I can see Mount Fuji. Otherwise, I'm gonna miss it." Don't sweat it at all. You can literally just get up from your seat, walk to like the in between cars between the where people sit, usually where the bathrooms right. are, and just take your pictures and stuff from there. So don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. Everyone gets to see it and get pictures of it. So, yeah, the locations where the where the trains connect are usually not occupied by anybody really, and you can get a good look. Um, I only make the makeup point because I was told this is imp- this is impolite, and there are. <laughs> I used to take this train back from this um, town called Mito. I think it was Mito. No, no, no. It was Ishioka, which is like way in the tip top north part of Ibaraki Prefecture, which is where I had to teach at a school a couple times um, a month. And it's about it's about two hours by train to Tokyo from Ishioka. And I think I actually rode into Tokyo from, from there once. And I watched a girl put on makeup for the entire two hours. <laughs> and I was like, this girl's got a hot date or something. But it was amazing that she didn't like gouge her eye out. But people are very, um, 
they just they just don't want to they just don't want to see you doing your business. You know what I mean? And and uh, if uh, so, like they don't want to see you hugging and kissing each other. They don't want to see you putting on makeup. They don't want to see you. They don't even want you to know what bo- what book they're reading. So they have like they'll have like black covers on books, you know. And that's not train etiquette, but people just people just are very pr- private. And so that's the end of the train uh, um, etiquette discussion, I think. Unless you guys have more to add. No, I think that's a uh, a good starting point, and we'll definitely get more in the weeds on future one of these. I think this is probably the longest intro, quote unquote, of this podcast ever, and I like it. Um, I'm still. I'm hopeful that we will. I'm still hopeful that we will do our Japan trip in 2021, and we got to start thinking about that pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And this and other topics like this are going to be important for people. And but of course, you know, if um, if you're coming on the trip with us, you'll be able to ask questions. Oh no, we're at, quizzing at, people on this. Us. If you don't know these fundamentals, oh, shit. you're not getting on. <laughs> no, <Nope>. bye guys. <laughs> Eliminated. <laughs> yes, got a very high standard for this, but. Uh, <laughs> And with that, we'll move on to trivia. So we have two sure. types of trivia for you guys. First, we have our website trivia, which you can find at aaapodcast.com. You go down there, scroll all the way to the bottom, and there's a picture where you can try to submit the answer to win fabulous prizes. The answer from last week was Joe, And the winner for the week was Nisekoi Maiko. Mm-hmm. That's right. The, the current theme remains anime cats. So if you know what those are all about, go check it out. But additionally, we have our in-show trivia which we will answer after the news break and that corresponds with the show we are reviewing today so fire force is written by atsushi okubo what else is he the creator of we'll let you know in just a little bit hang tight Mitsugi's here, and you know why. It's time for your anime news break. Leading us off with some various winners from different award ceremonies, including first the 14th Seiyu Awards held on March 7th, otherwise known as the award ceremony that goes to the best voice acting talent in Japan. Starting with best actor Natsuki Hanai won for his work on Demon Slayer and Smile on the Runway. Best actress went to Aoi Koga for her work on the... Kaguya-sama Love is War property. There were some best supporting actors as well. Kaito Ishikawa for his work on Tate no Yusha no Nariagari and also Haikyuu. Best supporting actress to Atsumi Tane- Tanezaki for her work on Beastars and Kono Oto Tomare. Kind of surprised to see to not see Makoto Miyano on here, but um, I guess you can't win every year. Next up, um, we have the 23rd Japan Media Arts Festival winners which were announced in the animation division. The grand prize went to Children of the Sea by Ayumu Watanabe. Excellence awards went to various properties, including A Boy Who Draws, Gone the Little Fox, Long Way North, and Nettlehead. The New Face Award went to Wandering Mouse, Elephant in the Bathhouse, and um, other properties as well, such as The Daughter. Social Impact Award went to Weathering With You by Makoto Shinkai. If you're a big fan of anime, and I'm guessing you probably are, you might want to check out some of these different properties, although they all may not be Japanese. 
They are probably all fantastic as they were all given awards. Next up, we have a new anime announcement. Mighty, Mighty Mashita Iruma-kun has been announced to be getting a season of anime, the second season, which will be coming out in spring 2021. The English subtitle for the, for the property is Welcome to Demon School Iruma-kun, where a 14-year-old Iruma Suzuki has been unfortunate all of his life, having to work to earn money for his irresponsible parents. One day he finds out that his parents sold him to the demon Sullivan. However, Iruma's worries about what will become of him are soon relieved, for Sullivan merely wants a grandchild, pampering him and making him attend the demon school Babels. So if you are a fan of a fantasy anime with that sort of a tone to it, look out for this property. Welcome to Demon School Iruma-kun, coming out in the spring of 2021. And now, of course, getting back to more award-winning announcements, the 43rd Japan Academy Prize was announced for Animation of the Year, and of course, as none of you are probably going to be surprised, it went to Makoto Shinkai's fantasy romance anime, Weathering with You, which, of course, as I said, won the 43rd Annual Japan Academy Awards. The film was nominated alongside other properties, which are probably noteworthy, and you might want to go take note of them and go see them including Sora no Aosan no o Shiru Hitoyo, or Her Blue Sky. Detective Conan was also in there for the film The Fist of Blue Sapphire, and Lupin Third, The First, and One Piece Stampede, all in there also competing with Weathering With You, but all just came up a little bit short. Weathering With You premiered in Japan on the 19th of July last year, and it made about $186 million worldwide. So, pretty big success there for Makoto Shinkai. This was Mitsuki, and this was your first anime news break. And now, as always, we're going to get back to the podcast right now. Anime Addicts, the AAA podcast is always trying to bring you new and exciting ways to enjoy our content. And now we have an exclusive member-only RSS feed on the site that is going to let you access our hentai episodes, our hobby addicts, and our after parties episodes, all from your favorite mobile apps. That's an additional eight episodes of content per month just for you, and you can listen to it through Apple Podcasts app, you can listen to it through Podcast Addicts, Pocket Cast, Overcast FM, Downcast FM, etc., etc., onward and onward. So many mobile apps for you to choose from. If you were holding back on supporting the podcast because you didn't like listening to our extra content through our website, now you can get it and listen to it the same way you enjoy all your other podcasts. So pitch in, help out the podcast, do a good thing, and enjoy all the extra content we have for you. Just go to aaapodcast.com slash join, and you will get all this extra content and an exclusive member RSS feed for you to enjoy. That Again, that's aaapodcast.com slash join, and support the podcast. My name is Brett Weaver, voice of Toji Suzuhara, you know, from Evangelion. I'm a total anime addict.
Welcome back. Man, what a tune that is. I was going to say, the people constantly ask, Mitz, where can I find these songs? Where can I find these rad tunes? Just Only let it here. Roll, it's baby. a secret. Only here, baby. <laughs> it's not a secret. If you email me, I will, uh, I'll send it to no, you. No, it's a secret. Oh, you shit. Tell them. All right, well, Mandy has spoken. <laughs> All right, well, we did have a trivia question here. Fire Force is written by Atsushi Okubo. What else is he the creator of? And the answer is Soul Eater. So. Eater of souls. Yummy. All right, guys. Well, the souls that Eater eats. I'm thinking like a Kurokuno basket deal. <laughs> oh, you and your you and your Kurokuno basket. It's so funny. Like anytime I see like a name that is like something knows something, I'm always like, ah, yes, <laughs> the the basketball which Kuroko plays. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for Mandy's manga minute. Are you ready, Mandy? Yes. And now, let's take a minute for the Manga Minute with Mandy. This is Mandy's Manga Minute, where I take a minute to tell you about a manga and help you find something new to read. And this one is called A Man and His Cat. I'm so excited to do this one, and I wish that my cat was still here with me. But she left me, and that is sad. In the pet shop, he calls home a chubby, homely cat whiles away the hours listening to coos of delight from potential pet partner parents. But he knows it's not him they're fussing over. Even as his price drops with each passing day, no one spares a, the kitty a glance. No. And having all but given up on life, the feline dejectedly waits his first birthday when he'll officially be past his sell-by date. So, when an older gentleman comes into the shop and wants to take him home, the kitten himself is shocked. Will the man and the cat find what they're looking for in each other? A Man and His Cat is a slice of life written and illustrated by Umi Sakurai. There are currently only four volumes out in Japan, but only one is now available in English. It just came out very recently. Um, but you can find them, you can find it both digitally and in print. And A Man and His Cat, it has a very similar premise to my roommate is a cat and but instead of a cat helping a man overcome social anxiety it's about a cat that keeps this older man this older gentleman uh company and because he's all alone and our human protagonist mr conda is living alone his wife has just passed away and he purchases a kitten on a whim and the cat is shocked that anyone would even bother buying him because he's just been passed over for a year and he's nervous that the man may change his mind but we get to see that relationship between the two grow through events that will ring true for pet owners especially cat owners and um like, for example, Mr. Conda is just, he thinks that this cat, even though it's like a really chubby cat that everyone says is ugly, he thinks he's just the cutest thing in the world. And he fills his phone up with pictures of this cat and like trying to get the best selfie with him. And the cat is jealous of this giant glossy object that takes up all Mr. Conda's attention. It's a piano. <laughs> so he attacks the piano. And it's just an absolute pleasure to read, especially if you have or if you o currently own or have owned a pet 
And um, I'm just a big fan of these series that illustrate the joys of being a pet caregiver. And I definitely recommend it to fans of My Roommate is a Cat in Cheese Sweet Home. And just look how cute this giant little fat cat is when he cries. It's so cute. Guys, I love this manga and I need more. For those of you listening, I can't express how chubby and fluffy this cat appears to be. It is immense. He's so big. He's... He, he is, is giving Yanko Sensei a run for his it's money. It's as if he actually <laughs> ate lasagna every single day. This is a big boy. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. I would buy this cat. God, lasagna sounds good right now, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I could I I, I could dig it. I mean, I just say to strip lasagna in a while. It, it's a it's a, it's a it's a time-consuming dish to to prepare. You know, but it's worth it. I, I just ate a string cheese, and I'm telling you right now, it's nowhere near as good. Oh, yeah, it's a little fluffer noodle right there. Right there I love manga. it. He's like, I love this chapter. Mr. Konda gets so excited because the cat came to sleep with him. He's like, oh, my cat came to sleep with him, and he ends up taking up the entire, like, half of the bed. I'm like, I relate to this. That cat looks like it's half tanuki with, like, how it just, like, splays itself out. Yeah, it does. All right, well, the waifu wars, I, I thought they were done, but the, apparently the war still rages. Is this correct? Uh, we'll have a couple more episodes, I think. I, I, right. I originally was going to have a different segment, uh, but um, it kind of got co-opted. So I'm going to do a different segment in the future. So time is running out, people. So if you have some you want to uh, see, let me know. But let's, let's, let's get to this. All right, the war is still raging. In the game of waifus, you either win or you are late to anime school. Cake will be thrown. Ice cold tea will be served. Who will be top in the class and who will be flunked in Mason's Wife Wars? So coming into March, I thought that besides being the glorious honor of being home to Pi Day, March is best represented by uh, housing St. Patrick's Day, which is held annually on March 17th. And uh, so I was like, oh, I'll just do a bunch of my favorite Irish characters in anime. Um, There's not many of them. Uh, You got uh, (laughs) Ku Tulane from the Fate series. I've never seen it. You've got like uh, Legark, like a side character from Black Lagoon. Um, you got like Ireland from Hitalia. I haven't really seen that. You have Selty from Durarara, which is close, but I've often said that I think she's a little overrated and just wanted to stick the thorn in a little bit more. And I was like, oh, maybe there's like some side character in like Kantai Collection or Azur Lane or Arpeggio Blue Steel, like any of those weird like ship based games. Maybe there's an Irish character there. Not really, you know? So I kind of gave up on like an Irish character role. I'm like, oh, well, what traits? are like Irish and I was like oh well maybe just green hair like just for that day and I was like well the green haired characters they're either kind of like not really quite green like Spike from Bebop he's got green hair but it's not really and you have like CC from Code Geass and Tatsumaki from One Punch Man but those aren't waifus like within their shows so that's not gonna work so I'm like oh how about traits of the Irish you got potatoes but I already did Sasha from Attack Mm. on Titan so that won't work it's like, well, maybe red hair, but this is just going down the wrong road. I was thinking Anna Green Gables, but she's Canadian. She's not even Irish. So I was like, no, what? Scrap the theme. Can't be done. It's impossible. So what's a topical theme? Ah, the super not depressing COVID-19 virus. That'll be going around. So with that in mind, go wash your hands right now 
and come back because this month waifu will all be germ girls so these are all characters from shows that deal with germs uh and what better to start off than with a show from the same studio that did fire force uh david production um somewhat surprise hit from 2018 uh which was actually one of the most popular shows from that summer season uh sells at work which was a fun little ramp um, it kind of was inspired by Osmosis Jones, and it like took these anthropomorphized cells and kind of showed how they respond to events in the human body, such as food poisoning, heat stress, and pneumonia. Um, so you could either watch the show as like lighthearted learning material, or just you know disregard everything and enjoy like a monster of the week format. Um, I think we did a full review of this back on episode four sixty three, uh, but I wasn't around then, so I'm going to give you now the review that really matters. The best wife from the show, obviously. Um, so obviously the platelets get all the love and memes. Um, well, you were going to give a review. And he's gone. Yeah, you were, it wasn't oh, that was a topical. Great that was topical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great review. Anyway, so there's a plethora of quality waifus to be found. You have the macrophage. You have the isoneophil. Uh, you have the regulatory T-cells. All classics. All waifus. And believe me, if you've seen the show, it makes sense. I'm not crazy. Uh, but the waifu that clearly comes out on top is the NK cells. Um, so natural killer cells, or NK cells, are a type of cytotoxic lympho- lymphocyte critical to the innate immune system. The role of NK cells play an analogous to that of the cytotoxic T-cells in the vertebrae adaptive immune response. NK cells... Re- provide rapid response to viral infected cells acting around three days after infection and respond to tumor formation. They were named natural killers, quote unquote, because of the initial notion that they do not require activation to kill cells that are missing, quote unquote, self markers of MHC class one. This role is especially important because harmful cells that are missing MHC markers cannot be detected or destroyed by other immune cells, such as T lymphocyte cells, AKA what that means is is happening. She's a buff machete-wielding badass whose confident, brash personality is backed up by immense competency in protecting the body from all sorts of serious threats that other, like the killer T-cells, are unable to fight against. Powered by my terrible jokes, NK cells prove that laughter is the best medicine, and we'd make a grand team that eliminates the worst that the world throws at us. Uh, yeah, she's super adorable and a badass and the best cell from Cells at Work. And yeah, that's all you need to know. Wow. You know, I had a I had a thought for an Irish character. But he's not Irish. But uh <laughs> but but have you seen the dub of Yu Yu Hakusho? Because there's a guy there's the tornado guy, you remember him? With the red hair, with the horn, and he's always talking like Oh you gotta mess you and the wind and the wind goes boom and bang and stuff. <laughs> That's how he always talks. Every time he talks, you don't understand what he's saying because it's so it's like uh, you have to. I guess you have to go back and watch the Dub of You Hog Show, but it is bizarre. It is bizarre that 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 voice exists in You Hog Show. I don't know what they were thinking. And then on the same team, there's an Irish, there's a there's an Australian guy who literally sounds and talks with all of the sort of um, stereotypes of of, a, of of an Australian person, complete with talking about things on the Barbie and you know drinking a lot. So <laughs> I feel like they do that a lot with the dubs. To give it's some different bizarre. sounds of voices. Yeah. Well, the Irish guy, when he talks, you you can you you understand what he's saying, but you can't you don't understand what he means. Like he uses words <laughs> like, "Oh, you're the messy, blew that blast into a big open space and woo and bang and stuff." That's exactly how he sounds. Anyway, 
Now Very that nice. Every, now that I've frightened every single listener. I think there's also Father Anderson and Helsing. Uh, yeah. Not much of a waifu. I was about to say great waifu. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Icy Rose suggested a good topic. We were thinking, you know, we, we really need a topic to... Uh, oh, shit. Ah, wow. There we go. We were thinking, wow, we, we need a topic to do for this week, and we weren't really sure what to do. And so Icy Rose came to the rescue, and he said, well, why not do a, a topic where you talk about the seven basic plots in story writing, and then f- come up with some anime that you think best represent these stories, these story types. And, you know, and so we did that. And so there's a, there's a bunch of these. There's there's seven different... T- Actually, you know what? Mason, I have you marked down to, to, to lead this discussion, so why don't you do it? Okay, well, sure. So this these seven basic plots are from a... A book called The Seven Basic Plots, Why We Tell Stories. It's a 2004 book by Christopher Booker, which is very funny. Um, And essentially, it is a collection of, you know, paring down all of fiction into seven basic types of plots and kind of showing how every story kind of can conform to one of those. And it's mainly focused on the main character and how they grow or change or develop or what have you and self-realized throughout the work. So there's, we'll go through all seven of them and kind of give our stab at what we think represents this proposed plot very well. And I don't think this is quote unquote, the best way to analyze works, but I think it is interesting. And I think we'll get some fun responses out of it. I had a tough time with some of these. I was, I I really didn't know uh, what this, what to write down for a couple of these. So they vary in difficulty. But um, I'd kind of like to try to maybe come to an agreement on which one that we proposed best represents each category, if we can. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. So I think we'll just go through, uh, n- say the name of this plot type, kind of give the brief definition, and then yeah. we'll list what we thought came to mind. This first one, I think, is one of the easier ones, at least for me. Uh, it's called Overcoming the Monster. It's when, they, when a protagonist sets out to defeat an, uh, a bad guy, basically, who's often evil, which threatens the the protagonist and or his home his or her homeland. So right off the bat, you know, I thought of Nashka the Valley of the Wind because they're literally attacking the valley. And um seemed like a good one, but like there were just a ton, it was a ton of these that, that that I thought could fit into this category and I seen that we all have a lot of suggestions. But um and then there's like Evangelion because they're literally attacking Tokyo, the angels. Arslan Senki is, you know, a, a foreign army comes in and and conquers the land and and supplants Arslan to you know the outskirts of the country or whatever. But hmm, uh, what it's interesting you that you put Evangelion because assuming that Shinji is the main character, I mean, yes, he is going out and attacking or trying to you know attack the aliens that are attacking Earth. But it seems like that's not like his struggle so much. Well, listen, like, I don't claim to be an expert on any no, of these. So and, and, some and of these are not going to be right. That's why we're just going to talk. We're just going to workshop it and see who had stuff. So my examples, for example, were uh, Gurren Lagann, uh, very similarly Kill a Kill, and like Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Those were all very much a uh, attack directly what is uh, evil in the world. Um, the ones that I put down for this were Demon Slayer, 
we've already we've already reviewed that. It's basically Tanjiro has to go out and kill. You know, he's on a very specific like I have to go kill this guy in order to get the cure for my sister. And then there's Monster, uh, where um, main character. It's funny that it's called Overcoming the Monster. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Think about it. And it's his whole like job is to go out specifically to kill this monster, hunt him down, and uh, prevent him from killing more people. And then I also put down Vampire Hunter D because D's whole thing is that he um, is hired to go kill vampires, being a Dompier, and that's his whole um, driving force throughout that series. So, I don't know. Hmm. Do you guys? I think Monster is the perfect example. <laughs> I think monsters it's in the name. a good example, but I don't think uh, like Doctor Tenma's like way of life or anything is being attacked or threatened. I wondered about that as well because I it's been a while since I've seen the like the meaty parts of Monster. But if I, as I recall, Johan doesn't really give a damn about Doctor Tenma, does he? He just he's Doctor Tenma's more pursuing him. Yeah, to right a wrong that he feels like he created by saving the, his life, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely close, but if we're going by the letter Johan of the law, screws a lot of people up in that series. He's a bad dude. A I bad like Naushka as the example. It's very much defend the homeland, um, and I and I feel like a lot of, we're gonna have a lot of Ghibli in here because I feel like it's uh, yeah. I, more, I tried to more, put one Ghibli for every category just so people have like some, you know, even people who haven't perhaps seen a ton of anime have some reference of. Where where do those movies fit in? I don't know. I'm I was proud of Gurren Lagann. I think that one's very fitting. So who I haven't seen Gurren Lagann in like twenty years. What is the what is the the main uh, crux of that anime? Like who's the who's the villain attacking who? Well, you get the first arc where you have Lord Genome attacking their cities and bases, and they fight off against him, and then you have the uh, the cosmos themselves fighting against the whole evolution of humanity and they have to fight off against that. So it's constantly a them fighting against a overwhelmingly stronger force for their right to remain in existence. Okay. Yeah. I re- that seems vaguely familiar. Hmm. Well, I think there's all good examples here. I like the princess Mononoke example. Um, especially if you're thinking about it from the perspective of the forest and you know, agreed. That, and I like that, but uh, I don't know if that's really, like our main character who is a uh, Prince Ashitaka is not really out to defeat anyone. He's kind of an observer. He goes out to explore the source of the, like the curse that's happening, but he's never out there to kill an enemy or defeat mm an opponent in the same way. He kind of but, passively observes the struggle between man and nature. But doesn't it sort of, but doesn't he sort of like shift during that movie where he, he starts off as trying to find a, a solution to the curse that he has, but then inevitably he sees that these people are destroying the forest and this bad thing's happening and then he, he inevitably... But they're not he, evil. He, well, no, I, I guess I guess they're not, but the definition also doesn't say they're, they necessarily are evil. It's just often evil. So they don't true, have to be evil. True, true. But I don't know. I guess maybe Ashitaka is more or less a mediator, maybe, between the two group, between humankind and, and uh Yeah, nature. and that's similar to Nashka in a sense. But I would think between the two, Nashka is a better example. Could be, yeah. But I'm mm. sticking to my guns. I think Erin Lagan wins. I think Nashka, <laughs> damn it. 
There's no right answer. Well, we can move what on. What about something like Vampire Hunter D where he is hired to go kill a specific monster? That's the entire point of the whole movie is for him to go and save this woman and kill the bad guy. <clears throat> See, I I read the definition as like you are playing defense. Like you're defending you something precious to you or defending yourself from an evil. Yeah, that's Hunter how, that's is how the I monster. He is the one the monster is fair. <laughs> so I guess if the monsters were attacking D, then that then that fits the definition more directly. I guess that's why I put Evangelion, because it's like... Well, it says protagonist homeland. So that would include not just himself. Well, hmm. Trickiness. See, I think a ton of... I think this is probably like the broadest. This is like one of the broadest top... One of the broadest categories, because I, I, I couldn't... God, there's a ton of stuff. Like, there's a ton of anime that fit into this, into this group. And... Mm-hmm. And really, some of them are so simple that it's impossible to say which one is more direct than the other because there are going to be anime where it's like this villain is literally attacking non-villain's house, so to speak. And then another one where it's like villain is an exact same thing. So it's like you could even say like like even like Stelvia of the Universe is about like humankind defending their sort of homeland against, you know, an invading force, even though it's more like them trying to defend against like the debris of a supernova you know, from most of that. So I mean, I originally had Dragon Ball written here, but I figured you would want that, so I <laughs> deleted it. <laughs> oh, you saved it for me? I did. Well, yeah, I mean, Dragon... I mean, crap. I mean, name a shonen. <laughs> you know, I mean, they probably all fit. So mm-hmm. we already have yeah. a bunch of shonen in here. And that's where Mandy's Demon Slayer was a good example as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, well, we're, I guess we'll have to just... Some of these we probably won't come to a consensus because it's impossible. No, and there and is probably, no right answer, obviously. Yeah, that's probably not the point. Anyway, yeah. Okay, you guys want to move on? Uh, Yeah, the next one is rags to riches. The definition is the poor protagonist acquires power, wealth, and or a mate and loses it all and gains it all back, growing as a person as a result. Yeah, I, I, had, I, had, a little hard, I had a harder time with this one. I inevitably, I inevitably came up with some stuff, but it was harder. What do you guys think? Um, first one that I thought of was, well, people are going to argue it's not anime, but it's King's Avatar, where uh, a very famous esports player is um, kicked off of his team, loses everything, his character, and has to build back up from the bottom. But also, he's already an esports player, so he's also already a better player than most people that he comes across. <laughs> but I guess that is an example of him like having to start over and building, him making his own esports team, building up from there. And then I had also had Aslan Senki and Yona Don on there, like, and they both have very similar um, kind of plots where it's a prince or princess in like a very wealthy kingdom. Their fathers die, and then they get kicked out and lose everything. But and then they have to build up from there in order to try and gain back what they lost. And then. Um, I had Shida Yuki Hime on there, but I put a question mark next to it because I'm not sure. But she was um, working as an herbalist and then 
caught the attention of a prince who wanted to, like, because of her red hair, wanted her to become his concubine. So then she leaves that kingdom, loses everything, goes to a different kingdom. And from there, she starts working with um, the prince of that kingdom and who uh, she builds a friendship with and later on romance and wants to become the court uh, herbalist. So there was that, and then I also had Parasite on there, but I'm not sure, because that one, I put that on the list because uh, the main protagonist there, you know, gains power through Miki, eventually, I don't know, these kind of, some of these have spoilers, but eventually <laughs> he does lose Miki, yeah. <laughs> and learns from that whole entire experience, so I don't know. Yeah, I had uh, Princess Tutu as one of them, uh, Stein's Gate, and Kiki's Delivery Service, Ooh. I think... I think Kiki's like, because I think the big key of this one is, you know, the the time that they lose their power or whatever is, you know, th- that that experience is what makes them grow as a person, which is why like King's Avatar, for example, is a great show and you should watch it. I don't know if that quite qualifies because he kind of doesn't change as a person because he's always just yeah. plows through and is a solid character the whole time. I guess he learns a little bit more teamwork, though. But yeah, he a is little still, bit. Like, but he's just a great hard. steamroller. Just still watch the show; it's a ton of fun. But like yeah. Princess Tutu and Sunsgate both kind of have, you know, the that sign arc of the gain of power, the loss, the despair of something, and then getting it back. And you see a lot of character growth across the board with those. So once again, I also had trouble with this one. I don't think any of these perfectly capture what I was looking for, but I think they're close enough. I think Mitz has a really good one. I almost agree with you, but Mitz, what do you got? All right. Well, first of all, I think sports often fit this mold real well. Mm-hmm. And so I literally just like at the end, I wrote like a lot of sports anime because a lot of these sports shows start off with like a, a child with aspirations of being a pro athlete or, or a pro athlete who's not any good and ends up being good. But like there's a ton of anime. There's a ton of stuff like that. Like Hajime Repo. Epo goes from being nothing to being like the champion or whatever, you know. Um, I put Megalobox. Megalobox. He comes. He goes. He's like a. He's literally like a junk dog or whatever they call him, and then he ends up being like you know he he rises up to the ranks. You know, Major. He's a little kid with who wants to be a pro player, and then eventually you know he he you know, he you know he pursues his dreams. Like a lot of these sports anime follow this, but I think most targeted towards the definition of this there's a character in the 12 kingdoms that i think fits this mold flawlessly actually and there's some mm-hmm. there's some spoilers here for 12 kingdoms but honestly you should just watch it anyway because it's great there's a character named Shokei, and there's there's different arcs in 12 and 12 kingdoms and i think this is the third arc but Shokei is this i guess in the books it's the fourth the fourth book but Shokei is this princess of this kingdom called Ho, who has a father who's super tyrannical. And he's so terrible that he executes like a million people in his during his reign, and he's totally evil. And the people rise up and they go and they literally kill him. And they they choose rather than killing the the princess, they they send her to live in like abject poverty and to like she'd rather die than be poor or whatever. And so they 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 give her like the worst thing she could have, which is being poor. And then so she throughout the course of a very long book, I think it's like almost 500 pages, and and uh, you know that arc of the manga or the anime ends up meeting up with um with the queen of K 
and ends up being like a, a member of the queen's court. And so she literally goes from being like princess, gorgeous, ornaments in her hair, everything she ever wanted, to literally like groveling in mud and then rises back up to the point where she's like, I think I'm reading a wiki right here. I couldn't remember what her position was, but like a scribe, the royal scribe in the court of the queen. So she literally goes from like being everything to absolutely dirt to back to being like back in the court again. And I think that kind of like really, really fits this. I think really in a well. way, wouldn't even Yoko like kind of qualify? Yeah. Like she lived like as a normal high school girl. I guess that's not gaining power at the beginning, but she was in a like then she ended up in a worse place when she was. She was not oh, doing well, fighting through <laughs> just hordes of enemies and eventually became a queen. So Yeah, I guess uh, like Yoko would have been living as like a Ronka, one of those like egg fruits on a tree, which yeah. is like she's basically like, you know, uh, adored and uh, worshipped essentially by these by the by the people in the in the whatever the um, Mount Ho or whatever the hell the mountain's called. And would get swept away to Earth, which is not such a bad place. But then she ends up back in the Twelve Kingdoms, and she's like starving to death and being gnawed on by animals mm-hmm. and shit, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty bad. Was, <laughs> in the book, her fights with those monsters are like goes on for so long. It just like oh, yeah. talks about how she's constantly fighting, covered in blood, just just a mess. It's like, a, it's like, a, <laughs> I was like oh god. I, I feel like I feel like she's I feel like she starves to death for like forty pages in that book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. And Suzu also because like Suzu goes from being um like a an immortal person who's working under like a really um abusive sort of like um uh, can't remember what her position is, like a countess or something. And then she leaves and ends up being like dirt and then, you know. So there's a lot of that in the 12 Kingdoms. So mm-hmm. it's a really good it's a really good series, but man, it's not very it's not very happy. <laughs> not a lot of happy yeah. things happening. <laughs> So they become happy. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> eventually they get there, but damn, life sucks. But it's okay because Rakushin needs to deal with a little rat boy. Rakushin, I mean, even him, like he goes from being a rat, like living in like you know a straw house, to being you know in, in the in the court. So mm-hmm. he even him, he even he even he fits that. So maybe it, maybe it's like everybody. So I like I guess I'll, I guess I just stick with that example. I think that's the I think that's a great example. Of rags to riches. Yeah, I do too. I agree. I guess I'll allow it. Let's move on. Uh, the quest. Mason just wants all Mason's of his like, to be one of his. Picks. I'm just saying That's she all. started in power. She didn't start in poverty. Anyway, the quest. Uh, the definition <laughs> is the protagonist and companion set out to acquire an important object or to get in or get to a location. They face temptations or other obstacles along the way. I think this was probably the easiest one to uh, assign stuff to. I had stuff like Golden Kamui, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, Katana Gatari, Run with the Wind, Made in Abyss, and if we're going with the Ghibli version, uh, Castle in the Sky. Those are all yeah. journeys that they go on with all sorts of haphazard things that occur that they've got to overcome, and I had no problem selecting a bunch for this one. Mandy, you wrote a lot here. I did, but I mean, do people really want me to talk about Hunter Hunter anymore? Yes, they no, probably but you're do. No, we're going to do it regardless, so send it. 
No, I put down first Fushigi Yogi, A Place for in the Universe, and Samurai Champloo. And then when I was thinking about it, I was like, I was going to put down Gon, like Hunter Hunter, because of Gon's quest to find his dad. But then as I started thinking about it, there are so many main characters in Hunter Hunter. And I thought it was really interesting. They all fall into like a different plot archetype. I was like, Gon's quest to find his dad, and then like Killua's rebirth, which is another one down the list from like um, a cold assassin to having more appreciation for life and Kuropika's drive to put an end to the phantom troop I guess could fall under like uh, overcoming the monster and then like Leorio there's another one later on but uh, he um, obtains a hunter's license like goes out on this quest to obtain a hunter's license and then brings back all of his, his, his experience become a doctor and then I don't know if I should mention the other one because it's spoilers oh. for manga. <laughs> the, like, Hisoka falls under like the tragedy category, I think. But I don't know. I thought it was interesting. And it was just me talking more about Hunter Hunter. <laughs> well, sorry. Hunter Hunter is pretty great. <laughs> so this one was not that hard for me. I mean, there's a lot of anime where someone is going to find, like, they're traveling to a place or they're trying to find something. And. I was like, wow, like, like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders, it's perfect. Like they're they're literally trying to go to Egypt or whatever, or they're trying to get, they're trying to make their way to Dio or whatnot. The whole damn series is a journey through Egypt, where they are facing quote facing temptations and obstacles along the way. <laughs> it's literally the exact definition. Yep. <laughs> um, but like I was like, eh, you know, it's a cool example, but you know, it's a little too easy. So so I threw like Last Exile in there. You know, they're trying to find the the hell is it in that they're the not the ley line that's outlaw star which is another example i put but they're i don't know they're trying to find the, the oh my god help me out someone god give me the answer i've never I, seen last exile i can't help you i'm it's sorry it's been a while it's been a long time since i've seen that somebody someone in the chat will answer it but there's like a there's like a place that's hidden behind a, a huge storm or a wind thing that they can't normally get fly through and so they they're looking for it the Grand Stream. There, I see Rose always knows the answer. The Grand Stream. That's what it's called. So, and then like an Outlaw Star. I, I, I just I watched some Outlaw Star recently. And I, I love that. It's just so good. But, you know, they're looking for like the, the intergalactic ley line. So, so, I don't know. There's a ton of these. Like, it's it's not that. It was an easy one. I think we all had good answers. <laughs> There's no wrong ones here. Yeah. Well, I like Stardust Crusaders. I didn't like, I didn't like the Star. I really didn't like Stardust Crusaders much. <laughs> I, I like Stardust Crusaders. Actually, I didn't really Immediately like it. turns the heel. Immediately turns. Well, I'm I like pretty it. sure part five is a, a quest. Part seven is a quest. Like most, You can choose other JoJo's that aren't Stardust Crusaders. They're just not yeah. adapted yet. Well, I mean, like I liked, I liked the JoJo one as an example of this type of storytelling, mm -hmm. but I... I I just don't like mon I don't I don't like weekly shows. Like I don't like Monster of the Week stuff. I just never did. I never do. So it was and it was God, it was long. It was like the longest monster of the week ever. Um did we all give our examples for this one? We did. We can move right along. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well the next one's mine here. Voyage and Return. The there's an obvious one here that you know, and I'm just going to delete it off. I put it too. I'm going to delete it off my list. But there's an obvious one here that I think is clearly the best. Um, the definition of voyage and return is uh, a protagonist goes to a strange land and after overcoming the threats 
it poses or are learning important lessons that need that are unique to that place, they come back and they're more experienced and better people, stronger, etc. So, and this is like, it's just screams isekai. It really does. But, uh, but they do never they come, ever come they, back? That's what I was, I was about to say. They never I return. Was, <laughs> I was going to say they don't, but like a lot of times it's like, oh, the slime anime, great, you know, or whatever. But they don't ever seem to come back to from where they went. <laughs> I guess it's because Truck Coon ran them over and or stabbed them to death or whatever. They're all dead. I guess I guess he actually comes back and sort of online. He just dives back in. So, <laughs> but But there is an example of this of an isekai where this happens and it is one of my favorite anime and it's now and then here and there it's not a I've said it before it's not an anime for the faint of heart it's a lot of just wow like a lot of just really brutal shit in this anime it's very unha- very a very unhappy anime but at the end of it oh, it's the spoilers at the end of it uh, I can't do it it's a great example of, of this um, because the main character goes to this land and he does like learn a lot of stuff you know so and then I put um, the cat returns. Maybe that's my my Ghibli example because she does sort of go to the cat cat world, and you know, has experiences or whatever, and then she comes back. And it seems like after that whole journey, of that movie, she's kind of a, a better, tougher person. And then I threw my old, and then I threw my old favorite in there from like ages ago, the Mujin Wakusei Survive. It's about anime about those like middle school kids or whatever that gets that get stranded on a hostile for an alien planet, and there's like animals and plant life trying to kill them and all this and they boy they sure learn a hell of a lot about things while they're there i would say so but i think honestly i think i think i think mason's got the best example of this so i'm gonna let mason go here oh well that's only because i put it in first so i think everyone thought about this one uh so i guess working up to it i had sakura quest that was one of them he's named tomaso tan was kind of a weird one but kind of similar um, Aka 13 in the sense that the guy travels back and forth and doesn't learn about like himself but just the places he's visiting um, I thought the 12 kingdoms also fit this as well some certain arcs of you know Iskai and just learning from it but obviously the big one is spirited away is yeah. the easy answer and yeah. it pretty much fits it to a T um, my first one was Hanasako Iroha because Ohana has to go out to this uh, hot spring that her grandmother runs and then learns a lot about herself when she eventually goes back home. Well, kind of home. <laughs> yeah, and I thought that was kind of um, funny because that's similar in a sense to Sakura Quest, but probably even yeah. more so like in the return and development experience. So I definitely agree. Um, I put down Pokemon because after each arc of Ash going out on this journey, um, specifically the anime, uh, goes out on this journey, there's always, always at the end, he comes back home. And I remember the first arc. I still remember how much I loved the episode where he comes home. They all have that giant party and like all the people that he's met, like along the journey are there and they're having this. And then of course, Team Rocket comes in and what was it? They put like hot sauce or something inside of the um it's so silly the, um, i have no idea oh, what, what you're talking it? about <laughs> Never seen the i end. think it was takoyaki but in the they're like the meatballs special meatballs you know in the dub yeah. <laughs> where like onigiri was like jelly donuts and shit yeah but um and then they all had to fight team rocket while they're spewing out fire <laughs> But no, I I I thought uh, Pokemon was a good example of that. He always comes back and learns something on that journey, 
And um, I put down, I don't know if I really, I don't know. It's different because Mushishi and Kino's Journey, I wouldn't say they have a a home that they always return to, but they do always go back to some place and they learn so much on this journey uh, about just everyone that they meet and all of their experiences. And so whenever they do come back to a place, they at least have learned something along the way. But I don't know. That one is a little bit different because they don't really have like a home base <laughs> that they always like come back to. And I wasn't sure about Shinse- um, uh, Shinsekai Yori. I wasn't sure about that one. Yeah. If that wouldn't qualify at the end. I don't know. Props to Ash going on so many Pokemon adventures, but still being the worst Pokemon trainer of all time. He has won. <laughs> he has finally won the Pokemon League. Ah, it only took him 84 years. You know, I watched that remake movie or whatever the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, the CG one of the original movie. And okay. It was, it, was pretty, it was pretty good. It's the one where like Mewtwo is mad because you know he's like, oh, humans made me and I'm all grumpy. And then he has all the he, all the trainers go to the island and they all, and then Mewtwo wants to like steal all their Pokemon. It was. Um, where did you watch it? It was on Netflix. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, was that the good. one where Mewtwo just drops truth bombs throughout the entire thing? Just like, yeah, good he's life just, lessons. It's just like the most emo Pokemon of all time in that movie. Um, Super edgelord. Hey, oh, oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. And um, I, I got to say, I, I think Spirited Away is the best example of this. I, there's even a line right at the end of the movie where that I think seals it, and it's where they're like, the mom's like, Chihiro, we're going to a new place. This is after she comes back from the spirit world and, she, and the mom's like Chihiro we're, we're going to a new place it's it's um it's gonna be pretty scary or whatever and then Chihiro just says I think I can handle it and like beforehand she's like this crying sniveling girl like she's literally crying about everything and then at the end she's like this badass yeah it's, a, my, it's pretty f- good god what a great movie uh I can't wait to go to that concert in London with Shiohi Saishi I'm over under me crying five times during the concert what do you think Oh, uh, I mean, if you just are continuously crying, is that one cry or is that I a lot? Know. I cried like three. I cried like three times during the Totoro movie in theaters the other day. It was pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty interesting to see. Um, oh, I think we're done with this one. You want to move on? <laughs> yeah, we can keep on going. Oh yeah, yeah. The next one is comedy, and the definition is a light, humorous character with a happy or tearful ending. A dramatic work in which the central motif is the triumph over adverse circumstances, resulting in a successful or happy conclusion. Um, comedy is more than just humor, and it refers to a pattern where the conflict becomes more and more confusing, but is at least, or is at last, made plain in a single clarifying event. The majority of romance films fall into this category. I struggled with this one. I think it's, I struggle because it's like, I want to say, I want to, oh, comedies, ha ha ha, but like, it really, that's not really the definition of comedy, but we think it is. And I was like, hmm. I just I struggled. It was hard. I was like, the the conflict becomes more and more confusing as time goes on, but has a happy conclusion. Gintama, what? <laughs> Talk yeah. about extremely confusing, and then at the end, you're like, oh, I get what they're going for now. <laughs> yeah, light and humorous characters. That's that's a pretty good one. Um, I had for for the Ghibli example, I had both like Ponyo and Totoro. Those are both pretty light movies with stuff that kind of gets out of hand but it all cleans up in the end um as far as actual half 
ones that are also haha funny um sakamoto deska has a lot of like weird things that spiral out of control but sakamoto always makes things right at the end you got hinamatsuri and one that also is a romance uh arakawa under the bridge is a great example of funny romance and just things get wild and things get weird but it's never so serious that you can't uh yeah similar to that i put down daily lives of high school boys there's some crazy stuff in there too (laughs) i really only had one example that i thought was really good and it's tokyo godfathers that's a good one it's a lot of chaos in that movie and they you know that are conflict based and they ultimately sort of get their shit together but and it's funny so, but I really had a tough time. I, I didn't want to just write down a comedy because it just didn't seem like it fit the definition very well. I was like, you know, otherwise I would have just put Golden Boy because I'm obsessed with it. But, you know, I don't know. But I like, I like Tokyo Godfathers. I, I also put Clannad the first season because the, what it's like a three arc show and the everybody, each, each arc has a problem that gets solved. And it's also, but it's also a funny show, I guess, for, at least for the first half. Then, it is funny. You see how big their eyes are? That's a joke and a half. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, no! Low-hanging fruit. I had to. Sorry. People. Actually, actually probably this drop is better. Mason. There we go. Um, I don't know. What's the best example, guys? It's not. I don't think it's mine. What, is, what do you guys think? It's Gintama, of course. Gintama is always the answer. So, Mandy, I got to ask, though. Like, I mean... Gintama, in your mind, Gintama and Hunter Hunter are having this like epic tug of war battle. Are they? I don't know. It seems like it. Gintama's nowhere near Hunter Hunter. For oh me, shit! As much as I like Gintama, it's it's not up there. Oh shit! As much as she likes Gintama, she she hasn't gone and read all the material. I mean, to be fair, she yeah. hasn't finished it, so she might get there. But no, I think Hunter Hunter will always Hunter Hunter keep that top is taken over. My life. It's ridiculous. Okay. I <laughs> Gintama doesn't have cells available, but if it did, I definitely wouldn't have like four Gintama cells right On now. On order. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna start looking yeah, around. Uh, still got a that. couple hundred episodes to go. You know, don't count That's it out true. yet. But uh, yeah, I got. I got. I still got to frame that Golden Boy cell I bought. I don't. I don't want to let it sit around for too long unframed. I still need to frame my Killua and Golden one. Yeah, the good the good ones they deserve to be they deserve to be framed, of course. All right, last one. Oh, there's two more. Second okay. to last, we have yep. tragedy. The definite the opposed comedy. Uh, the protagonist is a hero with a major character flaw or great mistake, which ultimately is their undoing. Their unfortunate end evokes pity at their folly and the fall of a fundamentally good character. I think the last couple words are an important uh, point that uh, I had struggle with because. You know, a lot of times a good character, we don't see fail often in anime. So my examples were Death Note, um, Flowers of Evil, though one could say they're not fundamentally good characters, just yeah, go either way, and uh, Grave of the Fireflies for the Ghibli example. I I literally punted on this uh, for real, but I think Mandy has, from my opinion, I think Mandy has the best example, but I, I punted. I was like, I was like, tragedy in anime, like. Like there's a lot of characters. I mean, first of all, a lot of not a lot of characters in anime that matter die. It seems like, and then a lot of them when they do, they're not necessarily like tragic deaths. I I struggled, but I think Mandy nailed it. Go ahead, Mandy. Um, my first one was Gon Kutsuo, um, for the Count of Monte Cristo. 
because man, these th- this category kind of has spoilers for people who haven't seen these. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be warned, they die. <laughs> but yeah, the Count of Monte Cristo because he wasn't really like he starts off as just not a really bad guy, but over time, like his drive for um, revenge got the best of him and ultimately was his downfall. Mm-hmm. And I also put down Nakago Shinju for Yakumo. I was thinking, um, man, this one I kind of struggled with with Yakumo because I was thinking like his, his entire life revolved around Nakago and his um, love for his friend, Shu- was it uh, Sukeroko? I can't remember how you Ske- say it. I think, it? I, I think it's Skeroku. Skeroku, yeah. Um, and he was never able to get over the guilt of his death. And I think at that last scene in the... Um, man, these are massive spoiler warnings. I'm so sorry, guys. Massive spoiler. <laughs> in that last, that last scene where he does finally die in the, um, the theater where it burns down, I would say that that's kind of like his... Like his... his inability to overcome his friend's death is what ultimately led to his downfall but he was still like an older man but he i don't know that one i kind of struggled with i think it's a very tragic show though go ahead Mitz. i think that akugo shinju example is is the best one that i agree i think it's similar to mandy's point about hunter hunter where there's really so many main characters that fall under different aspects of these plots that you could single one character out and as much as this character had a tragedy, this other quote unquote main character didn't. So I think like you said, it's a good answer. Yeah. I like that one. That was good. Uh, the last one is rebirth. I I found this one to be one of the easier ones. There's a lot of these, I think, uh, it's an, uh, where an event forces the main character to change their ways and often become a better person. And I was like, it just dove at me. Like I I was like Ronnie Kenshin, like just, dove at me like hardcore because the whole show is about him re- trying to redeem himself for being like this mass murderer basically during the you know the wars that that pre- that precede the uh Rony Kenshin series and um that's like his whole damn character that's why he attacks backwards with his sword it's you know why he's trying to help people why he won't kill anybody some of the, like the more like some of the tougher example like Haibone Renmei is a show that not a lot of people have seen but it's I'm pretty sure that anime is is a what is the word an allegory? I, I don't know what the term is. It, they're basically in purgatory in that anime, and I and I'm pretty sure they give it away towards the end, where the one girl is like, "God, I don't want to give spoilers. This is tough." <laughs> but like they're in purgatory basically, and they're all there to redeem themselves. I think so. That one, that one, that's a that's a High Bunny Renme is a damn good anime, by the way. Um, Trigun. Is a lot like Rony Kenshin. He's kind of like going on this like redemption quest, and then I, and then I threw Tokyo Godfathers in there again because there's a lot of characters in that show that have had bad past lives. Like the like the the one girl runs away from her family because she's like a runaway, and the guy is like a gambler or something. So he like runs away from his family, and then at the end, he you know they like reunite, and so Tokyo Godfathers is a lot of redemption going on in there. So. I, but I think I like the Tokyo Godfathers and the Rurouni Kenshin examples the best. Yeah, Rurouni Kenshin's a good one. Um, my examples were Suritama, a little more lighthearted version of it. Um, Kizniver, Anohana, and Fuli Kuli were all ones where we get a pretty drastic character change from an event. 
Yeah, I uh, this one I didn't have any problems with. Like I could think of loads of examples of mm-hmm. these. Maybe it's because it's like one of my favorite kind of plot lines in anime. I don't know, but there was like my roommate is a cat, but Akamon, welcome to the NHK, where these people started off as not great, but through events throughout the series, they become better people through either a cat or uh, meeting a little girl or welcome to the NHK meeting a slightly older little girl. <laughs> I will say though, in terms of tone, uh, "Welcome to the NHK" is nothing it's like "Rakuman" or "Cat" or yeah. any of those. Yeah, it's not happy series, guys. No. But then I also had "Colorful" on there. If anyone has, if you haven't seen that movie, um, massive spoiler warning here. But the main character at the end, throughout um, the series. Uh, is trying to figure out what what happened to him and he learns that he actually killed himself and that was his big mistake is how he treated his family and uh, committed suicide at the end and then he is actually reborn after that, after learning from his mistake from a character and in the story. And then I also had Natsume, although this one's not as... Um, I guess not as dramatic because Natsume wasn't really a bad person at the beginning. He just had a lot of trust issues and um, like he he was very lonely. But over the events in the story or in the um, show, he learned he meets so many new people and he starts to learn how to accept kindness from other people and friendship and learning how to just trust those around him, especially his adopted family. Yeah, Um I think they're all good examples. Roroni, Fooly Cooly, and a lot of the ones Mandy mentioned. And I feel like all of these shows, for the most part, we would recommend to watch. So if any of these, like, styles seemed fitting for you or you're like, oh, I liked a bunch of the other ones we listed in that genre, check check these out. These are all good works. Um, Mm -hmm. Sorry for the slight spoiler with... Well, I guess it's not slight. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Big yikes. I know, but Redacted. there's no way for me to talk about it. Okay, look, you should still watch Colorful. I really enjoy it. It's, it's really pretty. Um, Yeah, so Manny, would you say, and same question to you, Mitz, what is your favorite of these seven? If you, oh. Not, not, not what shows are your favorite within it, but if you had to watch a work, what would be the one that you mm. look for? Rebirth. There's no question about it. That's like one of my favorite kind of plot lines <laughs> for me it's probably overcoming the monster i like i like um i like it a lot but i but i also like rags to riches a lot so but i think it's because i like i like shonen shonen and sports are probably my top to my two favorite genres of anime and i think shonen closely aligns with the monster one and then sports closely aligns with rags to riches so that's that's probably why i kind of also like the voyage and return one yeah, I was kind of thinking between that or like the quest. Those are two very similar of like a clear objective. And like I always like returning from a place that you haven't been in a while to really see how much growth has occurred. I think I really like Rebirth so much because I like um, just, I don't know, it's really cathartic to see somebody who has like the same maybe flaws that you would have as a person and then seeing how they overcome it and become better people at the end. is just so satisfying for me. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite. Now, watching people improve is the most kino thing on earth. <laughs> and uh, with that, do we have anything else? Negative. Nope. Is it me? Take it, it is away. me. 
Alrighty, so we have an in-show trivia question, which we will answer after the break. And it is, in Fire Force, what is another name for the Aldola Burst which certain characters possess? We'll answer it after the break. Mitsugi is back, and he's bringing you more anime news, starting off with some business news. TBS Entertainment, very well-liked and popular animation company, has seen a 16% uptick in its animation business in the third fiscal quarter, which was April to December. And as I read this article on Anime News Network, I note that, indeed, April to December is not uh, is not a third fiscal quarter, but is rather the final three fiscal quarters, indicating that people should proofread. And the company announced that this was probably due to a strong showing from the anime, the quintessential quintuplets, which they have claimed has had pretty much strong video sales throughout the entire period of that was previously mentioned. So for those of you that are big fans of quintessential quintuplets, I do believe that there's a sequel coming out pretty soon. And um, it's going to be probably another big hit for the company. The overall market was actually down 9.3% in the same period from last year indicating that TBS Entertainment was especially successful amongst its peers. Next up, we're getting back to Makoto Shinkai yet again as he continues to seemingly always be in the news. And there was an interview that was held with the Mainichi Shimbum's uh, Montan Webb on Tuesday, and he said that he is already thinking about his new work. He said, quote, I've thought about it and I've vaguely figured out the direction, but I've certainly not come to a stage where I can talk about it yet. It's something I've been agonizing over. To which I ponder to myself, well, it's probably roughly the same plotline as before. And of course, Your Name debuted in 2016, Weathering With You debuted in 2019, indicating that probably his next movie might come out sometime around 2022. And um, he does say that he, he thinks that if he was able to make a film every three years, the audience will be able to keep up without giving up on him, which, you know, is an interesting comment. So look out for more news from, from this new work that Makoto Shinkai is sort of cooking in his brain in the future. Next up, well, we have, we're going to round this out with coronavirus news because it is absolutely everywhere and unavoidable, including Sonic the Hedgehog, the film, which has already netted about $295 million worldwide, despite still not being out in China or Japan, which are undoubtedly massive markets for Sonic. China is usually almost as big as the United States for a lot of films in terms of gross sales. Of course, they have said that the film has not come out in those countries yet because of the coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19. So I guess this is because they would rather not have the movie in theaters in a time when people are afraid to leave their houses and they want to maximize the potential profits of the movie. That is my guess. But um, you'll be able to look out for more of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog's success news maybe in the future after the coronavirus has died down and they feel comfortable releasing it in those countries. And speaking of coronavirus in Japan, there are some statistics that have come out. Japan, not especially hard hit by the coronavirus. There have been quite a few number of active cases. However, the death toll in Japan is pretty low compared to a lot of countries. They've tested 8,200 people and have had 500 con confirmations, which in my brain real quickly is... You know, something like six, six or seven percent. 
and they've had a total of 57 people have recovered, seven died, and there are 433 people that are still like actively recovering from the virus. So most of this up up in Hokkaido, Hokkaido and and the Nagoya, by far the most the like I guess the hotbed sort of so to speak for coronavirus activity. And um, down in Tokyo, they also have quite a lot of cases, but. You have to consider that Tokyo's got 36 million people in it, so if 51 out of 36 million people have coronavirus, that's probably not really not all that noteworthy. Anyway, we'll keep you updated on coronavirus as it continues to dominate pretty much all of the news in future news breaks. This is Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break, and now we're going to get back to the podcast right now. Ah, after a tough day at work... I just want to veg out on the internet. I wonder what kind of weird hentai goods JList.com has on sale. Kazuo, what are you looking at? Oh, uh, well, this is embarrassing. It was JList.com. What was that? Uh, go back to it. Oh, that was an anime boob mouse pad. <laughs> really? Has it come to that, Kazuo? Hell no, man. I'm keeping it real. But JList keeps it real, too. Real perverted. They've got hyper-realistic boob mouse pads, sexy pillows, naughty calendars and anime figures, and an array of Tenga products. Did somebody say Tenga? Good God. Where'd you come from? That's right, my bald, mid-30-something anime grumpy pants man. Damn, I love Tenga. Has it come to that, Mitz? Hell no, Enzo. I just love to feel the embrace of a Tenga egg when I stretch it over... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, now. Over my bald head? I think that's even weirder. Head over to JList.com and get yourself set up with some of the finest Japanese adult products. Hi, my name is Caitlin Glass, voice of Winry from Full Metal Alchemist and Haruhi from Oran High School Host Club, and I am an anime addict. And now, great moments in Anime Addict's Anonymous History. What is your video game Mount Rushmore? I would say Mega Man. Mega Man deserves to it's be on this nowhere list. nowhere near the Mount Rushmore. Are you serious? I'm 100% serious. Are you kidding? I mean, yes, Mega Man has some great games, but who? are you kidding me? Dude, Mega you Man are out of your mind, man. On the man. Mount Rushmore? You're crazy. You're going to put Master Chief that hasn't contributed anything to gaming, and you're going to knock 100%. out... 100%. And you're, you're going to knock out... Mega Man, which basically solidified Capcom as a game company. And, and where are they now? now? One, one of the biggest video game companies in the world, responsible right. for Resident Evil, uh, uh, when was an arcade machine. When was the last? Oh my god! When was the I last good Resident it. Evil? I can't believe it. Hasn't Capcom stopped making video games? No. I would argue absolutely 100% without a doubt that Sonic the Hedgehog, who yeah. basically founded Sega himself and, is more important than Master Chief. And he fell off a cliff just like Mega Man. But that doesn't matter. He created an entire company. Without Sega, you wouldn't have the Genesis, the Dreamcast. What the? Who Ar- cares about the Dreamcast? Ar- dude, that system was... Dude, Sega Corp is a gigantic company that, that makes that makes like half of Japan's arcades. Becom says, where is Sega now? Making no. hundreds of millions of dollars at the box office. The most successful video game movie ever made. Dude, you're nuts, What video man. games are they making? They make tons of video... Dude, you're... What video you're, games? You're only what's, think, what's big? What's dude, a big Sega video game right now? Dude, what's a big game? I need, I need, I need you to calm I'm down so I can talk. I'm just asking you a question. Talk. I just want to know. And now, back to the podcast. That edit 
was brilliant, Mitch. <laughs> I was gonna say that too. It's a nice edit. I had to do it. I had to. But I but just rub salt all in that root wound. I do love Cosmo though. He is he is he is like a brother to me. So, all right, trivia. The answer to the trivia that we asked before the break in Fire Force: What is another name for the Adola burst which certain characters possess? The answer is the Genesis Flame. Mm. I also want to shout out, you know, our Twitch chat who during that entire like, you know, the seven plots of anime discussion, we're giving out so many good suggestions that if you weren't watching, you're missing out. If you're screaming at the podcast right now, like, oh, how did you guys miss miss this one or this one or whatever? Should have been in Twitch chat. You would have you would have found comfort, but wasn't meant to be, I guess. Well, the, you know, the Twitch chat is pretty, they are, they are elite. They are the best of the best. So got to say, and they're, and they're proving it. So, although I'm sure plenty of you at home are like, Mitsuki, you're an idiot for, for, for like, un- for in- uncountable numbers of reasons. But, <laughs> but unfortunately you just, it's not quite as apparent because you're just not there on Twitch. So, all right. Well, should I move on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. for iTunes review. So if you would like to leave us an iTunes review, you can head over to the AA podcast on iTunes, drop us a five-star review, and we will read it on our show. And we also appreciate it. But also, please, if you uh, have any criticisms, please please let us know so that we can improve. But this person, living li- <laughs> live life to the fullest. No, to the fullestest. <laughs> To the fullest, the fullest living Sorry. life with a Y to da fullestest. Yeah, to da. Sorry, it took me a second to like process it because it's a really long name. These levels but, of swag have never before <laughs> been seen. Yeah, this person says, "Hey, AAA, I started listening to your podcast in December 2018 after I tore my AC. Is it ACI or ACL? Like ACL, ACL, ACL. Okay, so sorry. Uh, a ligament and fractured my tibial plateau. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. <laughs> I was stuck sitting as a Walmart door greeter for three months, and your podcast has a perfect way was a perfect way for me to pass the time while I was barely doing my job. Y'all are hilarious and have a, an amazing dynamic. Mason was a very spicy and fun addition to the host family. I mainly love how Mitz has become a lot less contrary over time. And Mandy with the manga recommendations is everything. But my most favorite reindeer of all is Enzi. Thanks for the quality content and congrats on 10 years. I wish you 10 more years to come. Oh, thank you. Am, am I that less was... contrary? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I like how Mason was a very spicy addition, but uh, that that shine has long since worn was, off. Was, was. Now. <laughs> Enzo remains supreme. Let's pour we some milk know. on that. <laughs> No, All thank right. you very much. Uh, yes. The fullest. We appreciate the it. Fullest. The fullest. Yes, I, the fullestest. Thank you so much. And hopefully you'll find more manga recommendations for me. And let's see. Okay, well, that um I hope you recover from your ACL. I mean, that's a that's a yeah. t- that's a tough injury, but one, What is that again? The ACL, I believe, is the ligament on the outside of your leg. The out by your oh. on your knee, by your knee. So on the outside oh, of the knee. So and it's a super common, but very difficult to recover from injury. So, 
It's a big deal. And requires surgery so to heal. So Because I don't think that ligament has blood flow, or not at least good blood flow, so it, it won't heal. Anyway, but I hope you recovered. That's a tough one, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, people do recover from it now. Uh, Fire Force. We're doing our impression of Fire Force. This was the listener choice. I wonder if I have the listener choice poll still. I'm kind of wondering how, by how big of a margin it won the listener choice By what choice margin poll. and what it won up against? I think yeah. it was pretty large, if I remember correctly. Because I don't think there was much in this season. There was not. Yeah. Well, I will, if, if I can find, let's see, some, I got it. I got it right here. Summer 19, listener choice. And the result... Oh, a ton of votes. Oh, listener choice just got the ah, man. Fire Force got thirty nine percent of the vote, and the next two closest were, "Do you like your mom and her and whatever two hits two hit attacks at full power or fifteen percent dodged a bullet?" Oh, did it wasn't we, even close. Did we question mark? <laughs> and then after that was kind of to know Astra with eight for eight percent. So Fire Force crushed this poll. I like that I still have it, though. That's pretty neat to go back and well, reference. Yeah. Kanata no Astro was one that I reviewed. It was kind of a comedy of a group of people that kind of got abandoned in space, like their spaceship broke down. Oh, but I I've heard that. that it actually like got to some really big moments and had a nice like payoff at the end. I just mm. didn't find the ability to sit through it. So, <laughs> Well, it sounds lovely. <laughs> um <laughs> So Fire Force, we do apparently uh, we do do the reviews for the things that you that you want us to do in listener choice. This was failed by Enzo in episode four eighty three, I believe. He didn't like the fan service was one of the primary reasons, as I recall. But I wish Enzo was here; he could speak for himself. Um, and boy, this is a this is an anime where I am going to have a difficult time summarizing the plot line. But there is a guy named Shinra who joins a Fire Force group, and the Fire Force like fire stations, I guess, there's eight of them or so. Their mission is to to extinguish the flames that are caused when human beings spontaneously combust into, I don't even know what to call them, monsters called infernals. They're basically like demons almost. And where they like are essentially no longer human and but are, and I guess, in a lot of pain and are suffering. And so they go around and they either defeat them, but through combat or just shoot them in the head with a gun or something if they're if they're really like docile ones because sometimes they're really violent and sometimes they're not but um and then Shinra's like right from, right from the get-go of the show he's trying to solve this mystery of something that happened in his past where he lost his mother and his brother and he's trying to figure out like what happened and he's trying to hunt down a demon that was that he that he believes was involved and you know you're off to the races it kicks off with a lot of um Sort of, sort of like mildly episodic, uh, you know, scenes where they go out and they'll like fight an infernal or put out a fire or whatever, and um, and that's pretty much where it starts. So, <clears throat> let's see. This that's, is a twenty-four episode length show. Yeah, done by um, David Productions. David Production, who is a very uh, um. Very popular um, studio nowadays, I believe. Jojo. Uh, Jojo, Sells at Work, yeah. Bento, yeah. They're another one of those studios like Wit Studio that's just crushing it, you know, with everything they do. And and so, um, <clears throat> and uh, how did you guys, what were, your, what were you expecting going into this? I assume you knew it was a shonen, but like beyond that, 
how do you feel about how did you, how did you feel about this going in before watching it? I can go first. Um, so I didn't have many expectations at the start of the seasons. Um, I had heard like murmurings of like problematic fan service at some points and like a drop of quality, but I don't remember if people were saying that was like a visual thing or story wise. Um, like I said, I've watched a lot of David Pro's works. Um, so I wasn't really sure what to expect. They've kind of been all over the place. I found it strange. There's been a ton, a ton of fire, like related, not fire related of firefighter related shows. Recently, you have Promare, the movie that came out, you have ride your wave, the movie that came out. Um, you have that sexy hentai show that Mitz had a little while ago. Like, firefighters <laughs> are in in Japan, and this was another one. So, do you like your firefighters to hit combo? <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't really sure what to expect except shonen, firefighters, and potentially bad fan service. Um, when Fire Force first started airing. I watched the first episode and I was super into the first episode. I was like the, the animation, the um the action scenes are fantastic and I was super hyped and I thought the first episode looked really good mm -hmm. and then the second episode I was like it wasn't as good as the first and there was the third episode that I dropped it cuz I was like as soon as Catgirl was introduced I Tamaki. was like I'm I'm losing interest in this. It was just the fan service wasn't it's not like it offended me, but it was just so shoved in there that it was like, I don't know, it was forced, way too forced. I was like, this is silly. And then I dropped it and then it was picked back up for listener reviews. So I went into it with not a great um, impression of it. So, But I did think that the first episode was really strong. I really enjoyed that one. So I don't know. I didn't know what to expect after that, if it was going to continue like get better or if it was just going to continue on that path i think i had pretty high expectations for fire force going in i think that there, at that time, point in time people were talking about it an awful lot it was as you saw from the listener choice poll obviously a standout from the summer of last year and because of that you know i, I expected a lot and i think people were talking a lot about the action scenes the, the animation quality being really high and, you know, I'm like, oh, fight scenes with, with good animation. I guess I'm in, you know, so and that's about as far as I get generally on a lot of these shows that's hearsay from the public or, you know, or a trailer or whatnot. But so I, did, I would say I didn't know a lot. I knew it was a show and I knew it was going to have a lot of fighting. And, um, you know, but beyond that, I just I guess the bar was fairly high for this going into it. So um, Mason, since you started with the, with the expectate, with expectations, how would you recommend this anime, you know, in a spoiler free way? Would you recommend it to people? I mean, the, the short answer is no. The long answer is I feel like I recommend people checking it out. I feel like it's a baseline level of it's, it's more of a bland show than a bad show. And I think people it's good enough at the beginning to give a shot and see if you think you will like it. I just overall, it was so devoid of a lot of stuff that it's just not worth it. And there were so many like moments of like good ideas, but like I didn't find myself caring. There's a moment where a firefighter is dressed like 
with Neon, like he's going to a rave, with Dark Souls, like Havel-esque heavy armor. He climbs up a ladder to nowhere and just WWE from the top rope, <laughs> people elbows, a top hat wearing Plague Doctor. And I don't care. And if you have such a crazy setup and just to follow it up with nothing, it's like there's so many moments that could have succeeded, but just didn't. It was just so tepid and lukewarm that I... think people will enjoy the very beginning of it but it's nowhere near quality to justify 24 episodes worth so don't waste your time i'm gonna say no yeah i'm the same i don't recommend it because i think there is so much better there are way better shonen out there than this but it's hard because i i don't know i've heard some people who really enjoyed the manga maybe it's better i don't know because i haven't read it but um it's really, this is not going to be one of my better reviews. I feel really bad because I'm going to be honest with you. I was checked out through most of it. <laughs> it was like, like Mason said, it felt really bland. I couldn't really care about any of the characters. And it wasn't until the very last couple episodes that I started going, oh, this is kind of interesting. Like the very last two episodes were when I felt like we finally were on a path like we finally had like this is what the story is and then i felt like there was like the massive majority of the show didn't matter and they were introducing so many characters and so many i don't know different mini conflicts with each of them that none of the none of that the big meat of the show felt like it mattered to me and there are some really weird awkward comedy moments i don't know maybe it's just me they fell flat on me like i could tell they're trying to do something funny and i just kind of raised my eyebrows like what (laughs) i don't know maybe it's just me but i personally would not recommend it unfortunately um i would also not really recommend fire force and the reason it's not for me it's not the fan service it's not uh, it's not it's not a lot of things it's just it's just too damn slow you know um mm-hmm. i think the anime like i really feel like it started to get good in the first in the last <laughs> this is gonna yeah, sound ridiculous yeah, this is gonna sound ridiculous but i think it got good like in the last five episodes i know that's like wow like ridiculous but this is one of those anime where I literally think you could have watched episodes like one through seven and then just skipped everything until like episode 20. You know, I, I, I really hate to say that, but like, that's just really how I felt about it. Um, and so, I mean, after just reviewing Dr. Stone, which I loved so much and rewatching Yu Yu Hakusho and, you know, watching My Hero Academia, there's just a shitload of good shonen shows. And this is, um, in a strange way, you know, it had a lot of hype, but I just don't think it stacks up to the other shonens. And so, like, you, you could just spend your time better somewhere else, to be honest. Yeah, I think maybe maybe it's really unfortunate for this series because I think the manga is not old, but it's a little bit older. And I think having it come out in a time where we have Promised Neverland, Dr. Stone, we had Demon Slayer, maybe it just doesn't stack up with those yeah. and that's why it looks worse. I don't know. It could just be me. I don't know. All right, well, I'm going to play the spoiler drop. We are going to do the spoiler section. And um, if you if you want to watch this and you haven't, uh, and you, you know, you don't, and you don't want to be spoiled, you know, GTFO. Spoilers are coming. Oh, my God. All right, well, um, the story is tough. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of there with mm-hmm. Mandy. Like, I can't tell if the story just 
was Ininka was incoherent or if it was just really thin. But like, honest to God, I think he summarizes the the whole plot and the one of the one of the characters. And I don't, honestly, I only remember one of their names. <laughs> Actually, I remember two. I remember two of their names. I remember Sho and I remember Shinra. But the the one of the like the lieutenants of the Fire Force Unit Eight summarizes the show at the end. At the end, I think he says, um, "This group of people in the white coats want to." Like link the worlds of the demon world and the human world using the Adola burst because they want to destroy the world or something. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, really? Is that is that what is that what this was all about? Um, and I feel like I feel dumb. I feel like I was I can't. I don't know if it was because I was checked out watching this or if it was because the story was just took too much time in between moving like putting down the next plot point or what, but. Um, to me, this was just a show where people just fought each other and fought Infernals and, you know, I don't even know why. <laughs> I feel really bad. That's why I said at the beginning, I was like, this is not going to be one of my better reviews because I was also very checked out during it. It wasn't like it was... I just didn't care about anybody. <laughs> I didn't care about anything that was going on. And that's why I feel bad because I'm like, I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, you you weren't, you didn't get it. I'm like, well, maybe that's the show's fault, though. <laughs> it's that it didn't do anything to drag me in because I'm usually really good at paying attention to stories. So Here, I don't know. Here's the problem with the show. Um, oh, here we go. The appeal of the show is it's really trying to have these overly bombastic characters. Almost like a trigger-esque production, which I don't mind. It's not about the plot of them trying to solve the solution for fire. It's about having all these kooky, crazy, larger-than-life characters in a group, in a conglomeration, and letting them bounce off each other. Um, you know, you have characters like Princess Hibana, like the leader of the fifth group, and she has her throne of men. And it's like, wow, that's a big style shit. Whatever. The problem is that behind their turgid personas is there's nothing. Like these yeah. are the most surface level characters whose motivations and goals are so vapid, like that their ideals are destroyed in a puff of smoke. I mean, like the dialogue is so sparse and like lacking on content is that like they're trying to so sound like so cool and snappy that like there's no depth to any of them. And because of that, there's nothing for you to sink your teeth into. So you have just lengths of episodes where it feels like nothing happens because the characters are so shallow that nothing can happen. Yeah, I think the beginning of, like, the vast majority of the show up until the last couple episodes where I started get, finally getting interested, it just seemed like we were jumping from character to character to character where they start out bad and then become part of the group. And that was just repeated over and over. But none of those characters that were being introduced had anything in them that I was like, oh, I'm really interested in this character's personal story. They felt, they all felt, like Mason said, very bland. <laughs> yeah, know. and what, and, and I, you know, I, I've never liked this, but I don't understand the choice to make the shark tooth character. As just talking about character design for a second, like, it's just a hideous thing to look at. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I mean, someone's probably disagreeing with me somewhere, but like, I just don't like the shark teeth. I just don't do it. Just I don't think like it. For I think it actually, Shinra, sorry, go ahead. I think, I was going to say, I think for Shinra, it just plays into him being a demon. He's supposed to look demonic, I think. And I did actually like that they later on explained why he is always smiling. Cause at the very beginning I was kind of put off. I was like, 
I couldn't tell if it was just an animation issue where he just always looked like he was smiling during events. And I was like, what is up with this character? I like that at the end, they kind of explained that that's always been like his nervous quirk is that even like when his mother died, he was smiling and everyone's like, he's so demonic and awful. I think even demonic. I actually think that the shark teeth works better in this series than it does in many. Cause I think it's episode two where they say, Oh, I can't help but smile. It's a nervous quirk. And the lady Maki is like, Oh, that's got to lead to some misunderstandings. Yeah. So they talk about it very early on. So I actually didn't have a problem with that. And there's a lot of good ideas in the show. I think uh, just like the blue stripes and the firefighting outfits. I'm like, oh, that's kind of dumb. But then they're like, oh, it's to show up through the smoke. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. I like how the one enemy, it's not really a spoiler. He, he's got like the stars in his eyes. He's like, oh, by the stars. And he keeps on saying that. But then you learn his goal <laughs> is to like join with the sun, which is the biggest star in the universe. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of good. That's kind of clever. Um, there's so many little things and I'm like, oh, that was a nice touch. I love all the puns, by the way. They're always like, oh, impressive firepower. Oh, and they're talking to Shinra. They're like, something's afoot with that guy because he shoots fire out of his feet. And they're like <laughs> fighting. They're like, oh, this match is getting heated. I'm just getting warmed up. Like there's all these like weird puns that I liked. And I think I feel like I miss some of like I'm missing out on some of the naming humor. I feel like they Shinra will call himself like this long drawn out like superhero name at times and I feel like there's a Japanese translation that just doesn't carry over well and I feel like maybe there's some humor there that we're missing out on so overall there's all these small ideas but it's just they're so few and far between I didn't I guess I just didn't care for the characters in this show much at all and I think there's We've already said a lot of this, but there's two reasons. One is because really only Shinra has any kind of reason for being there for the most part. Like, you know, like I guess some of the characters had really like a really sort of surface level stuff. But for example, the King Arthur guy, like why does he why does he even matter? You know, he's just like a surf like a character that just exists to be like this rival of Shinra who ultimately isn't a rival because he's nowhere near as strong. And then, so Shonen, episode two has to introduce the same age character. That's how it works. And then I'm like, I, and then I must be just really boring, but I just don't like any of these sort of off the wall character designs. When, where like a character has like arrows in their eyes and or X's in their eyes, like I'm just like this is dumb to look at. It's the same way with me. I'm just I'm just the least I'm the least fun person ever. I don't want you to have two different colored eyes. I don't want you to have two different shades of color in your hair. I don't want you to have arrows in your eyes that change that go that go up and then down for no reason i don't want you to have I, do. I don't want you to have x's and o's in your eyes i don't want you to have shark teeth i must just be boring but i don't want any of that shit and that's this sh- very similar to sorry i keep on interrupting you go ahead and that and that and this show had a lot of that in it and so i was just put off by just generally like the characters i think the way that they looked and by the way, when you're when you're going into a tunnel of like dark hell or whatever at the end of the show and you're trying to be like sneaky, maybe don't wear outfits with like just radiantly bright glowing strips on them. I mean, you kind of telegraph the enemies are like lurking in the darkness and are shooting at them from the darkness. And these guys are like wearing like they're wearing like fucking glowing di- like shit on them. Like, hello. What are you doing? Like it's just dumb. I, I don't Now I'm just ranting, but like I mean, it's not exactly a smart idea to do that. 
I didn't mind the character designs. I kind of like, because anime is a avenue where you can explore all these different kind of ideas. Like, it's, there's nowhere else where you're going to be able to get, like, characters that look like this. So, I don't know. I kind of like it when they experiment with different kinds of just things that you can't see in, like, the real world. I, mean, I was going to say, this I is very similar to Soul Eaters, like, oh, works know. by the guy where his aesthetic is very much a over-the-top thing, which I'm also fine with. Um, I don't know. Is it just me or was the dialogue weird at some times? And I don't know if it's just the translation. It could possibly just be the translation of it. But there are some moments where I was like, that was like a really weird and like quote. Like, for example, like Benny Maru is, was one of the characters that I did like. It's not just because he's Momoto Miyano. <laughs> 80% yeah. of it is Momoto Miyano. <laughs> but no, like there was um like one quote in there where he tells Shinra that um if you don't want to fight me, prove it by fighting me. And I was like, what? <laughs> so uh, I think that's very much the trying to sound cool and snappy without content because it makes sense. You know, he's from a world where everything is solved by fighting. Fighting determines who's the strongest and therefore who gets to make the rules. And so if you're having an argument... Uh, you should fight, and the winner of that fight wins the argument. So if the argument is, should we fight or not, and one guy's saying we shouldn't fight, he's saying we need to fight so that we can choose who wins the argument of whether or not we should fight. Like, it makes sense in that regard, and I didn't mind it, but it is a lot of that kind of, here is my attack, you cannot deflect it. And the other person says, I can deflect your attack, and just does. And there's just mm. not more to it than that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is just very stilted at times, though. I guess as far as the story goes, like there was really only one reason to watch this anime, and it was the fight scenes. And yes, ben, and Benny, really good. And Benny Mara was a, was a big part of that. You know, there's probably mm -hmm. five or six fight scenes in this that are just like holy shit. And I think the first one was um, there's a scene where the one of the bad guys is has kidnapped a bunch of kids and he's going to put like the infernal bug into them and Shinra shows up and he has this fight with this guy who it's the fight where, where ultimately he gets like locked in that ice at the end of the fight and like Shinra just goes fucking ham on him and I was just like god damn like Shinra he there's his his kinetic energy in the fights is great like he'll he'll just be like doing like somersaults in the air and then just come down on top of you with his heel I mean like it's there's some awesome fight scenes in this anime all the way to the end. I thought the last fight was kind of like, it wasn't that good. But um, there's a, that's the only reason to watch this show. And there are some good fights later. Go ahead. Go ahead. You just got to have more than that. You can't just have fight scenes. You know what I mean? So. The first couple of fights were absolutely horrendous. I Ooh. do were not they? understand why people liked them. I want people to go back and watch the very first fight from episode one. It looks cool because it's very kinetic, but the action directing done by Yuki Yase, who's done not a lot of action shows like this, the camera movements are so awkward and each shot lingers far longer than it should. And this like timing of a bother really like messes up the flow of things. Even if you watch like the opening song, which we'll talk about later, like this person takes out three enemies, but you don't see three enemies on screen and watch them bounce between them. The camera has to like shift and move to show one at a time. And it looks just strange. Why did they not just span out? But especially the first couple episodes, I thought the 
action directing was worse. And actually, as the directing got better in episode eight, I thought it was actually when the quality of the series from the story started to fall. So like as the action improved, the story got worse. And I thought that was interesting. Like there was a moment in, I think later in episode one, which was had the potential to be super cool. And it's like Shinra, like lining up, like he's about to run a race and explode at this inferno. And he's like thinking back to his family and his mom and like everything that's pushing him forward. And they have a flashback where his mom's like, uh, the Ite Kimas and Ite Rishai. And it's like a nice moment where he's like, I'm about to go mom. And she's like, please go. And like, boom, he should have exploded right from there. And it would have been super impactful, but they have this whole buildup and then they have the moment and then it just lingers and it waits and it waits and it goes on for 10 seconds and then he shoots off and they just miss a huge opportunity. And there were so many moments like that where I'm like, this had the potential to be better and it wasn't. And it was very awkward. I think all my favorite fight scenes were Benny Mario, like that one scene where he flies up in the air with the, like the big Edo flag or that I can't remember what they're called with the pole and he launches them all at yeah. the enemy. I was like, that was really cool. And I always came back for the fight scenes. There's a lot of moments where I was like, I don't want to say, I, I feel bad saying tuning out, but there are some scenes where I was like, I was processing it through, like, like watching it, but I just didn't care about anything. <laughs> but like the fight scenes always got my attention. Yeah. So I thought that a lot of them were really well done. I love the last two episodes. That was where I was finally like, okay, I'm interested in Shinra and his relationship with his brother. And I liked all of the flashbacks and him finally realizing that the demon that he kept seeing was his mother. And I, I thought the last two episodes were really well done. Everything before that, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, Not that so fight much. scene with Benny Mater is really, really good. Um, should we move on to the art and animation? Yeah. I thought the animation was really good pretty much the whole time. So yeah. I can't complain about it at all. I mean, that's one of the strong points of the show. Yeah, it looked mm -hmm. good. It proves that you don't need like hyper realism or details to have a show that just looks good. I think most things moved well. Um, the Daifuku, like the mochi texture was fantastically done when Benny Maru was just like digging into them. Those were really great. Um, overall in a show with a lot of fire in it, they made the fire look good. I liked yeah. most of the use. The biggest problem was they had this, they used the same shot of like triple layer of fire for a lot of transition scenes. That was kind of, it grew old, but overall the fire looked good. Um, I uh, kind of, sorry, it just reminded me to go back. There's like these trio of mascots that are there the and they were absolutely pointless. The little girls. I kept on waiting. No, no. No, the dogs. The like the dog, the old man. Yeah. I there agree. Was, I kept on waiting for them to be like a spy or like part of another department or like have some deeper reference. No, they were just kind of dumb mascot characters. Anyway, uh back to the art. Overall, it looked good. I think one of my favorite moments was they're getting ready for battle and the, and the guys like prepare for battle and the one dude like readies his axe. The other firefighter like cocks his gun and then Shinra just like kicks off his sandals. I thought that was a funny like three frame transition. And I like how when <laughs> the f infernals get hit, they like spit out fire like it would be blood. Another nice touch. But uh, no, art was mostly solid. 
As far as like a design point, I thought some of the fire abilities were really cool because they weren't just, oh, here is a fire. I'm going to shoot a fireball. Like um, there was, uh, was it Haibana? Like her fire, quote unquote, were, were flowers. And I thought that was really cool. Like her flames took the form of these flower shapes. And then um, it was Maki who had like elementals and she was like considered, like they called her like the witch because she could control them as like her... Um, as like her, I guess summons kind of. I think that's what I'm look, what I'm trying yep. to go for, like her familiars, and uh, yeah, some of them had some really cool abilities. As much as I disliked a lot of Tamaki's involvement in the show, I thought her like yeah. cat ears and cat tail were pretty cool too. I don't know. I thought some of the abilities were really cool looking. Like I like the designs of them. Um. Yeah. Uh, as far and as far as so like as far as the music goes, um, the openings for this anime are freaking awesome. Both of them. The I actually like the second one better than the first one. Um, that second song is like fucking it's badass. How yeah, is like the English too. during the screamed vocals so much better than any English we get from voice actors in anime? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was I, really good English. I thought the English in the second one was pretty much good just in general, like. Yeah, it sounded like an English. Wasn't that? I think that guy is Japanese American. I, I mean, I mean, I thought the band was. I think I'll uh, look it up. I was like, uh, Cold Rain. Cold Rain. Song yeah. Yeah. I was like, is this? I, will... a, I was like, is this an English band? Because it sounded perfectly perfect English. I was like, wow. I was like, this, and the song was awesome. Yeah, the his mother's American vocal vocalist. Biggest problem with OP two, if that's what we want to touch on first, is that a. The text, like the visuals of like the people, the staff who worked on it uh, was very boring. And just the the animation was did not go along with the song at all. It was like these hardcore screams and this metal pounding stuff. The Shinra just walks towards the camera like there. I saw like a, a YouTube video called a uh, fire force opening Two, but it's good. And this guy just took shots from the show in the first OP and just resynced it to the opening, and it was looked a thousand times better. So I thought mo- most of the openings and endings were fine. I thought the music during the show itself was easily the best part of the entire show. Kenichiro Sueho, like he did Girls Last Tour, and this was very different, but it had all this grand orchestration. It sounded very movie esque. It was. By far the thing I was the most impressed by. It was real solid. Yeah. I, oh. I, the um the 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 second the second theme was so I liked the song so much that like the, the actual like when I say I like the second opening, I'm not even talking about the like the the, the video the visual component of it. I'm just simply talking about the song. Because mm-hmm. like what a let like they could have done that song is way too badass to have such a boring opening. The first forty seconds of it is just them like arguing inside the back of like a personnel vehicle. I'm like, it's not. In- <laughs> they could have done a lot better, a lot better with it. But the song itself was awesome, and the first song I think gets more credit than the second one, and it's probably because people didn't get far enough into this show <laughs> to even hear the second song. But um, the first song is pretty good too. The first opening, spoilers question mark, have them fighting this massive fire like Titan, like it's this huge behemoth. We never saw anything like that. Is that like a spoiler for future seasons? Oh, is yeah. that a manga reference? Like, was that just to sell people? Wow, look how cool the show is. And we're going to have nothing like it. Um, yeah. The song was fine. Uh, Inferno by Miss Green Apple. 
It could uh, be a good uh, point. It's whatever. What do you think, Mandy? You like the music? Yeah, I thought the music was really good. Um, like you said, I like the second OP song more than the first one, but I thought visually the first OP was a lot better than the second one. Like there are a lot of moments in the first OP where I was like, that actually looks a lot better than what's going on in the show. <laughs> like I just thought it looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All around, for sure. I have nothing else to add about this show unless you guys want to like throw something else out there. I'm ready to give it a score and put it to rest. I'm ready to put the, put out the fire here. Uh, you like that, Mason? Um, Did you guys want to touch on Shinra's brother, like their relationship at all? We didn't really mention like much about it. I mean... But I thought it was kind of weird, like at the last episode when Shinra declares that he's going to change show, I was like, oh, I, I, I had this feeling was like, now the show is just starting. <laughs> like it felt like a long ass prologue to like the actual series. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. I mean, I don't, it's, see, honestly, I, I feel like the last fight, which is where show mostly shows up. I, he, Shinra's like not really f- fighting him because it's his brother and he doesn't even remember him. He doesn't even, he show doesn't even remember him. And I just wanted to watch them tear each other apart. I, mean, I, I really did. <laughs> and like, and I don't understand how I don't understand. Shinra just gets his ass beaten in that fight. I mean, mm. how many hits can a guy take and not die? <laughs> uh, because Sho doesn't know what side of the sword to use. Apparently, he hit, <laughs> he he hit him with his sword like sixty times. You know, like, like for, it's almost like I just watched you Hakusho the Tagura fight, and Tagura punches him like squarely in the face. I don't know, a hundred fifty times, and Yusuke is like fine. You know, and I'm like, okay. Sho can like, only oh, okay. stab people when it's by accident, I guess. Yeah, like it apparently. was so impractical. It was I don't know. Yeah, so drawn the out. conclusion to that was so weird. I don't have much to add about. I, I I guess I just wanted more of a fight. Like to me, in a show where the fighting is the best part of the show, I kind of want the best fight to be at the end. Like the climax should be right there at the end. And I don't think the best fight was at the end. I mean, I even thought the fight where the guy gets locked in the ice or whatever with Shinra, I thought that fight was better. And that's like episode eight. So I was like, mm. yeah, I was like, whatever. Well, the power is to stop time, so they just had a bunch of single-shot still frames to have them bouncing around the arena like, oh, it's so fast you can't even see it. I'm like, wow, what a great way to justify lack of budget. Sounds like Dragon Ball. So Dragon Ball does, but Dragon exactly. Ball, but Dragon exactly. Ball did, probably didn't have the money because like, oh, we got this budget, but we got to make work for 300 episodes or whatever. But, you know, it's like <laughs> it's not exactly the I, case here. I will say the coolest moment of the show that was absolutely badass was the fire demon. I won't say who it is, but uh, they are so blinded by the grace of the being in front of them that they drag its their own horns down through their forehead to cover their eyes. Oh, I'm yeah, like, that, that was pretty cool. Okay, that was pretty metal, my That's man. That's pretty metal. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. What do you guys think about Joker? Uh... Oh, you mean knock off Hisuka? Yeah, knock <laughs> off Hisuka. I barely remember uh, who you're talking about. <laughs> he was the guy who like jumps in. He has like the the smoke clouds with the bandana over one of the eye. Who's like, oh, Shinra, there's more to the mystery. Come and find out what it is. And you, you find out and there's definitely more at play. And yeah. we barely got the story. But he's the guy who like sabotages the training and stuff. Yeah, I felt like he was just kind of thrown in i don't know it's weird that we don't learn anything much like about him at all in the first season <laughs> he's just there like as he as like he knows a lot more than what's go like 
like knows a lot more about what's going on than the like the protagonists do. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> All right, now now we're ready to score it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think so. I got nothing else to add to it. You know, this is a show where I was basically bored. I. It took me forever to watch this anime. I, I started watching this thing like three months ago. That's how long it took me to get through it. And I didn't... This it, The problem was just that the story wasn't engaging. That that was the that was the main issue for me, you know? And, it, and maybe it will have an engaging story eventually. But I really feel like this show didn't grab me until like the last five episodes. And you know what? You just can't expect someone to watch a show for six hours before they get to the stuff that, that hooks them. And... It's unfortunate because I had high hopes for the show and I feel like there are people that like it and they're not going to like these scores and, and you know, it is what it is. And so uh, I just can't like, I, if, it's almost like the tale of two, two halves or whatever, because if I was, if I was going to score it based on the last five episodes, it would have been a much higher score, but I'm going to give it, I don't even know what the hell, to, what the hell to say. Like, uh, probably I'm going to, I'm going to generously give it like two and a half a dollar burst out of five because the it looked good. Nice. Uh man, do you want me to go or you want to go? You go. Um, yeah. So I would have dropped this if not having to review it. Um I honestly don't blame Enzo for failing it, and I don't blame the listeners for passing it. I think the first couple of episodes were solid and I was digging it. Um but the more I had to watch these characters who were just so vapid and had nothing to them. I just grew disconnected and I watched all of it and just, I didn't get any themes. I didn't get any messages. There were no lessons. I just watched it and it existed and it ended. The fan service was distractingly bad and rough to sit through at times. And overall it just, for every good idea, it just had so many ones that just, offered nothing to the table so in honor of maki's sputter and flame we're gonna give it two kawaii fireballs out of five kawaii oh you know what i did like her yeah she was, oh, she was another character she was that i liked she uh was no more <laughs> didn't have any more depth than any other characters i just liked her so i liked her because i thought she was i thought it was really cute when she like loves her fireballs but everyone keeps telling her you need to stop playing with fire <laughs> But, I like um, Takahisa as well. He was a good boy. The, the glasses guy who cooked a lot. Anyway, oh, that yeah. was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, man, I, if, again, like Mitz said, this took me all week to watch. And usually when we review something, like even Cop Crapped, I finished in like a day. <laughs> that, was a, that, was a bad, that was a bad day, wasn't it? That was a bad day. <laughs> yeah, this one took me a while because I felt like I just had to take a break after after each episode man it's just the characters felt so bland for me and it's weird when your comedy moment is like this girl trips and somehow flies across the room flips upside down lands with her crotch on the guy's face i'm like that's just trying too hard (laughs) i'm like surely you can make some better edgy comedy out of this but yeah but like the last two episodes were when I actually started caring about what was going on and became a little bit interested. Um, there were a few characters in there that I liked, and I did love the animation. So I think I would also give it. 
two Benny Maru eating uh, mochis out of five. <laughs> I want, I want to make two quick comments. I'm sorry. I know I already went. Uh, one about the fan service. I was trying to not talk about it, but you just reminded me. So, yes, it was bad. There was two types of fan service, though. There was the, like you were saying, the, haha, it's a comedy. Look how crazy she slips on the skateboard, ricochets off the wall, all her clothes come off, and she lands in a funny position. It was, Ha-ha. like, trying Class- so hard. Classic comedy. That one <laughs> was, like, groan-worthy, but it was fine. It was the... Oh, they're in a fight with an enemy. They shoot a fireball at uh, the woman and all her clothes just yeah. eviscerate in the most sexy way possible. That was the one oh, man. where Discord my mic cuts out. Done no with one it. can hear what I'm saying. Yeah, That's when people can't say. Anyway, when that <laughs> happened and then a guy gets in the fight and he gets cut to shreds, but they just get little cuts on the shirt and nothing happens. That's when the fan service was way more like, okay. That's more of a problem in my mind. Um, <laughs> my other comment was going to be our listener scores, I think, tell the whole tale here. Yeah. So uh, we Mandy graciously puts out a poll on Twitter and Facebook and all sorts of things for you guys to rate the score. And we had, on a scale of one to five, we had votes on every single spectrum. Every It's a, it's a perfect every bell curve. Score. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's a bell curve. Almost impressively so. The average is a three right down the middle. Right? Yep. And you had people, there were people with fives, people with ones, people with, yeah, the average was a three because it's a bell curve, you know, right in the middle. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump that to, to steal that from you. No, that was perfect. Um, there is a bunch of really good feedback comments you guys have gave. We do not have the time to we read really them don't. on air, but I will read all these after and respond accordingly. But I do appreciate you guys uh, voting in the survey, giving us your feedback. Uh, we appreciate it greatly. Mailbags, once again, we'll have to wait for another time because we spent a little too much time uh, talking about trains and all sorts of good stuff today, but this was a fun one. Yeah, I do want to just mention one person's comment. Eris just put a poop emoji. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> I was funny. Like, that was, that was on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah all of the comments, there was some, like, because I, I have to put them on, on the sheet, and I was reading them as I was putting them, and I was like, there's some people who loved it, and there was a lot of people who were like, this was pretty bland. So I thought it was really interesting the variety of responses we get. And this had a pretty big turnout. The Shonen ones always get a lot of votes and comments. So yeah. thanks, guys. Yep. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to our to our episode, episode 514. It's always great to have all of you tuning in and listening, whether it's through Twitch or through iTunes or, you know, whatever app you're using, you know, it's we're thankful to have all of you as our audience and we're going to continue to uh, to do our best for you. And next week we're going to we're going to be reviewing B stars. So that'll be Oh, I that'll be a fun. I Are we? Told you that we should probably move that a week because it doesn't I've, come out till the day before on Netflix. Oh god damn it, Netflix. <laughs> I requested this a while ago. I say we should do Carol on Tuesday, but all right, big question marks yeah. then, yeah. TBD, TBD everybody, TBD. Okay, well, guys, again, if you want to if you want to help out the podcast, you can do it over at aaapodcast.com slash join. You will get our member RSS feed that will let you access all of our extra content, our hentai episodes, our hobby addicts, our after parties, all on your favorite mobile apps. So please check us out over there, and you can get a lot of extra content. We did, Like I said earlier, we just talked about Final Fantasy VII's remake demo for an hour, so you can hear us discuss that. 
We're, we're going to be doing an after party after the show today where we're going to be talking about all kinds of other stuff, including I'm going to be talking about how I climbed up a huge mountain and almost froze to death and um, so much more. And if you want to find us at our social media, of course, you can find the podcast on iTunes. We're on we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on our Discord. Um, Mandy, you are over at AAA underscore Mandy, I do believe, with an I on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am at Pope Mitsugi. Mason is a spicy boy, so he is not partaking my, find me over at any list or my anime list any of those sites m-a-k-l-a-x twitter Mac-lax, doesn't have and, rankings uh, so. yeah exactly twitter doesn't keep track of <laughs> my hobbies so until then these sites will have to do and of course discord's the best place to yeah. give us the feedback and uh hang out with 1700 like-minded people yep and we'll see you guys next week on the podcast everybody have a safe and fun week do something cool and uh, we'll see you then peace out Bye, guys. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.